0: Welcome to the Making Sense Podcast. This is Sam Harris. Okay, brief housekeeping. The waking up course. The groups feature is finally launching, I believe in the next update. So, more or less any day now. And uh, this will give you the ability to schedule a time to practice with friends and colleagues and even strangers. You can just Go out to people in your world and um, then meet in a virtual group where you can sit in silence or listen to a guided session or both. I'm actually excited about this. It will obviously create social support for people and accountability, but I think it'll just be very cool to see your friends practicing with you in silence. I'm hoping that it'll simulate the intimacy one experiences on retreat. It's amazingly intimate just to sit with people in silence. So hopefully that proves valuable to everyone. Needless to say, if you discover bugs, please let us know at support at up.com. And if you're not using the app and you want more information, you can find all of it at that website. The app launched now nine months ago, and the feedback has really been great. It is very gratifying to know that so many of you are finding it useful, but it's still very much a work in progress, and it will be absorbing much more of my energy over the next year or so, so stay tuned for changes and more content. Okay, well, in this episode of the podcast, I speak with Ricky Gervais. You surely know Ricky from The Office, and Extras, and many of his other shows, most recently Afterlife on Netflix. You can also see his great hour of stand-up there, titled Humanity. And he has another one in the works called Supernature. This conversation was a long time coming. I've been emailing with him for years at this point, but uh, we had never met. So I took the opportunity to fly to London. I thought this was one that had to be done in person. Anyway, it was great to finally meet Ricky, and we talk about many things. We talk about comedy, obviously, and fame, the effect of social media. We talk about the risk of telling offensive jokes or saying much of anything, really. Uh, We talk about Louis C.K. and Brexit and Trump, political hypocrisy, the state of journalism. We touch many things here. As always, if you find conversations like these valuable, you can support the podcast by becoming a subscriber through my website at samharris.org. And I left the bonus questions in this episode, but uh, once my website is revamped, which is also happening very soon, we'll be rolling out the bonus questions I've acquired for other guests to subscribers. So those, along with Ask Me Anything episodes of the podcast and some other content that will soon be coming. Is there to incentivize subscription? Because while the podcast itself is free, subscriber support is what makes it possible. And now, without further delay, I bring you Ricky Gervais. Uh, do you want to make sure that's recording? Yeah, no, it is recording, but it's. Uh, I just want to make sure the level is right. So, yeah, I think I'll oh, testing can just keep this closer. Uh, uh, testing it yeah. as close to you as you need to be. But yeah, I don't want. I don't want you. I don't want you to put your back out for this interview, so you should be comfortable. Okay, why don't I I do that? Get you comfortable. I will move the mic to make (laughs) you comfortable. Yes, what kind of chair is that? (laughs) It's a novelty chair. It's from Graham Norton. Right is
1: that too much I'm, te- yeah. I'm i have no mic technique yeah. at well all. Yeah, this mic
0: this mic well you are a podcaster so you should have some mic technique no but um, never, uh, um yeah this this you can get right up on it but you have yeah, a, you have that big just, laugh okay. so uh, <laughs> yes, yes. sound made all <laughs> so, over the world yeah so uh, yeah. Yeah. i'm gonna ask you to leave the room if you have to do that again okay, a laugh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. that
1: big laugh that's a lovely euphemism for annoying no, noise it's, it, no, it's big, a, it's a, he has a
0: big laugh it's, it's a great laugh yeah you, you know who's the biggest laugh have you ever heard jeff bezos laugh no he has the the most cartoonish billionaires laugh well, I the, mean, it's, it's just it is like a rifle shot i, it, I, it, I imagine yeah, it's, it's fantastic it, it
1: might be sort of uh, <laughs> <laughs> like a, a linear relationship of wealth to right, wealth. Right. funny <laughs> everything
0: is. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> louder and louder. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so. Okay, right. There we go. I'm going to get you now.
1: Two idiots setting up to try and sound intelligent.
0: <laughs> I am here with Ricky Gervais. Ricky, thanks for coming on the podcast. My pleasure. You've,
1: I've traveled a quarter of a mile for this. Yeah. <laughs> in the, the, my office, very near my house in Hampstead. You, you've flown. Three thousand miles. Yeah.
0: So, guess which one of us is jet lagged <laughs> That's good. I, I have the I have the advantage. It's an honor. I have it's, it's for me been, too. It's been some years that I've wanted to just meet you, and I mean, it's been you know, I just noticed that uh, it wasn't happening by accident, though we were exchanging emails. So, yeah. you know, so I just wanted to make it happen. The day has come, and it's it's a thrill. I'm a bit nervous. You're a professional comedian, and a, I know, and but a I'm scared. World that,
1: famous star. I'm scared that t- t- us two in a room, we'll egg each other on, and we'll say, we we'll say things that that will be. You can't have a subtle argument anymore. Is my is right. my point? There's 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 no, there's no place for nuance or or everything has to be binary for the for the right people to agree and disagree. And there's no context anymore. No one cares about context anymore. They take anything out. Because it's all about point scoring, so that's why when I when we're discussing, you know, contentious or having a discussion seems dangerous in the modern world.
0: Well, I want to talk about that. Let's before we jump into that, I just want to ask you a few questions about just how you got into this position. So, at what point did you become famous, and how how long were you working in comedy before you had to think about the world paying attention to what i
1: I guess the sort of an accident a very slow gradual process and and by the time i decided to be a professional comedian i sort
0: of nearly was one because the the office came first right well
1: i actually started stand-up before the office went out and i think my first edinburgh show was while the office the first series was was going out on tv so I certainly started right in the office before I started doing stand-up to any degree, but it, it, they're about the same. But I think it was, it was still relatively late, you know? Okay, briefly, I was a failed sort of musician, early 20s. I then uh, eventually got a, a job, just a job in my 20s, and um, I worked in an office for like nine years, I think which is what the office is sort of based on. You know, I, I wasn't taking notes. I wasn't thinking one day I'll be a comedian and I'll write about this. I was right. thinking this job's near my house. <laughs> yeah, it pays it. the rent yeah. and uh, I've got friends and it's, it's fun, you know. And then uh, because I worked as part of, it was the admin center for the university, I helped a local radio station get its license by letting them promote to the students. And out of the blue, because I got on with them, it was a tiny little station that had just got its license called XFM. They rewarded me with a job. And, I, again, it was still an admin. I was the head of speech, and they wanted me to, you know, um, write little news things and help out in the office. Just It was it was a gift of a job, right? right? And I was meant to write things for the, the DJs, you know, what was on that night or bits of the news. And, and because I'm lazy... I thought, I thought oh, do I have to type this out? Can't I just go on and say it myself? It would be quicker. Right. And I went, yeah, go on. And I went on, and I was funny. I was just myself, and I was sort of funny, but a normal guy being funny. Never, right. never thought that this would be my job. And soon I was popping up on three or four different radio shows throughout the day, and it was, it was just the day job with a, a little bonus, you know. And I think from that, I got someone was listening. They were starting a new show on Channel 4, this is 1997, and uh, it was called The 11 O'Clock Show. So it was sort of like a cutting-edge, no-hold-barred sort of Saturday Night Live for new comedians and pretty much anything, anything. you'd say what you want. And I went on there a couple of times, and uh, I suppose that's, that was when I thought, oh, this is good, this pays better than a real job, it's less work, it's fun, but still I was thinking, oh, this, is, this is not, not going to last. You know, I'm just doing this. And, and then I thought, no, I, I'm earning enough now to do this full time. And I'd already started. I already had David Brent along with lots of other things that I was doing. Just again, it, it seemed like I was an amateur comedian all my life. So, so you had David Brent as a character before The Office? You yeah, yeah, right and he wasn't called that. It wasn't until, um, you know, you started thinking about it and he's got to have a name. And then there was this sort of nice synchronicity that I was earning enough and didn't have a day job to sort of write The Office. And and it still didn't go out for another two or three years. It went out in July 2001. And then I also got a, my own show, from the Channel Four thing as a as a l- a little spin-off called Meet Ricky Gervais. You know, again it was getting like a a million people and but I knew I had the office and I knew the office was sort of more important and I and I thought this is the this is what I wanna kick the door down with. And so uh, what year did the office air? Two thousand and one, July
0: the ninth, nine thirty, BBC two. So so when did fame kick in? When did you suddenly well that was
1: that was certainly i'd have to say that i would be getting recognized on the streets and have and see things about me in the news and my picture around right. uh,
0: immediately the, f- the first
1: season of the office yeah but still but to, to most people i came from nowhere because all the other stuff was small i had that i had a bit of a cult following from mm-hmm. the 11 o'clock show and but you know we're still talking a couple of million people right. watching that and indeed, the first series, of The Office, I think, only got like one or two million people. Then it repeated, and it became a cult. And then it was like four million. Then the first, the first episode of the second season got started at five million. So it yeah. grew sort of gradually and quickly. But yeah, that was certainly when I thought, "Oh, okay, I'm a I'm a professional comedian now with a bit of profile." And uh, it was creepy at first. I, in fact, I feared fame before it happened because. I was sort of older and wiser. I was like...
0: you're in your 40s, right?
1: Yeah, well, yeah. 38, 39 yeah. starting. And then after the first year of the office, I think I, I hit 40. It would have been... Yeah, it would have been... Yeah, July 2001, I was, I was just 40. And uh, it's because I, I, lots of reasons... You know, I, I, I didn't want people to think that I'd... I didn't want to be lumped in with those people that just wanted to be famous. So I wanted to be clear that this was an upshot of fame. If you become a... If you become a a successful comedian or actor, you're probably a bit of a famous one, just because right. you know. And uh, I never signed that, never signed that deal with the devil. You know, make me famous, and you can go through my bin. So I was quite militant about my privacy, and probably too much. Now I've now I now it's cool. Now I don't care, you know. And uh, I also thought it was it would be an injustice for people to tell lies about me because I thought my reputation was everything, you know. And now I think it's still important, but I realise that reputation is what strangers think of you, you know, yeah. and character yeah. is what your friends know you are. And so I don't care anymore. Now I I hear things about me. I think who cares? No one
0: cares. Yeah. No one cares. Yeah, well, I, well, that, I mean, well, <laughs> so people certainly pretend to care. They give a a good semblance of caring. Yeah, but then that's that's like that's like it, it really. If you if you take you
1: know social media, not just social media you know, now now lazy journalism the, the the worst bit of clickbait for me is so and so said a thing and people are furious no no they're not 0.001 percent people are furious the rest of us don't give a fuck and we wouldn't even know about it if you hadn't made it a headline and shown two tweets as an example you know so that's the problem if you take what social media is saying you might as well go and visit every public toilet wall in the world and and get offended by what they've written right you know except
0: there's there are now real world consequences to this of kind co- of amplification of so course well that,
1: that's exactly what it is twitter's i mean twitter's become more and more of a, a, a cesspool and uh, you just mustn't you mustn't take it seriously you've got to treat it like it's virtual and i don't i don't get a lot of stick really i see some people that they're, they're, it's like they're They're keeping back a mob with a with a a flaming torch
0: it seems to me that you have created a persona for yourself that inoculates you against the the worst part of this i mean so so you well first of all comedians in general have a little more latitude than normal people make a comic can get away with something that a politician could never imagine saying traditionally Traditionally,
1: historically but now it's like
0: it's like it's worse to make a joke about a bad thing than to do the bad thing. <laughs> well, no, so, so, yeah, so I want to I talk about that about whether comedy has become more dangerous. But I also want to notice that, that I, I do think you are you're, you're managing to fly above or below the radar in a way that I, I feel like other comics aren't because you. I mean, I don't know if you understand the, the physics of it, but I feel like you are more bulletproof than most. Partly because you don't appear to give a shit about the ba- any kind of backlash. Well, that has to be the perception, I think,
1: for a comic. Because as soon as, as soon as you start apologizing to the, the mob, you might as well give hecklers the stage. Because that's all they are, they're hecklers. And um, you, you've got to be in charge. And, and I think I, I, if I have achieved that, I've achieved it for lots of reasons that's, that's happening under the water that is i try and make my stuff bulletproof so i can defend it i don't go out there and go i'm going to say what i want and offend who i want and i'll ruin the day and i'll under i'll I'll undermine the moral fabric of society and i don't care i'm I'm not like that at all when these these jokes these routines hit you know netflix or bbc Mm -hmm. they've been they've been tested on people around the world
0: they've been honed but then there's been a sea change in people's attitudes so I mean, of course there, are there any jokes that you once did and could have fully defended at the time but now wouldn't do has anything fundamentally shifted for you well i think the the big impossible feat through
1: through recent changes is you can make your jokes bulletproof at the time but now you have to make them bulletproof for 10 years time just in case, yeah, there's a,
0: ten thousand years time. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you know, it's people. Are going can, away.
1: John yeah. Wayne was cancelled forty years after <laughs> right. he died yeah, yeah. recently for yeah. for not being woke enough yeah. in 1971. <laughs> <laughs> you know?
0: So, just how woke did you expect John Wayne to be? <laughs> yeah, in I know exactly. <laughs> I know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, disappointed in in in, in an interview for
1: Playboy magazine, <laughs> right. no less. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, like people yeah. reading Playboy nowadays are going, "This is this isn't woke enough," yeah. you know. So, But you, you, can't, you can't legislate against stupidity. You can't legislate against the future. All or you, or you can hope is that people understand. Like, um, I talk about this in uh, uh, my new show, Supernature, about the cancel culture, that it's not enough to apologize anymore and move on. People want blood. People want you ruined because it's a point-scoring competition now. So Kevin Hart did some shitty, childish, homophobic tweets 10 years right. ago right, about, oh, I hope my son's not gay, right? At the time, he got a back. I said, oh, sorry, I didn't mean it like that. I was just being silly, really sorry, deleted them all. Then he gets the, the job of his life, you know, last year, um, hosting the Oscars. The tweets come back up, the mob on Twitter going, what about these tweets? You're uh, trying a homophobe. You're going uh, you, cannot do uh, Oscars, you go, oh, just apologise again, Kevin. He goes, no, I can't keep apologising. I said sorry, yeah. and I can't keep apologising, so he lost a job. Now, he's got a point, really, because if there's no value in saying sorry and changing and progressing and evolving, why bother? He might as well just do those tweets again. And it's really counterproductive.
0: Also, if the apology isn't sincere, I mean, that, that, I mean that's the... Actually, I, I want to talk... Let's table that for a second. I want to talk about what I am thinking about as kind of the physics of apology. I mean, just, what, just how, yeah. how can people redeem themselves? What what should constitute an adequate apology? Well, it's, but, uh, well but before we get there. I want I want to understand this this issue of of dredging the the past in search of controversy because I, th- this did almost happen to you recently. It was more targeted at Louis C.K. But so you had that interview show where you did where you sat down with Louis C.K. and Chris Rock and Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, and you guys used the N word and you were di- you were discussing why it is that, that only two of you ever use the N-word and the, the other two of you never do, but you're using the N-word in the, in the context of having this discussion, yeah. right? And then this gets exported to social media in, in, and, and media in general in the most inflammatory framing. I mean, the, the thing that was, in my view, totally exculpatory, and it was exculpatory at the time, I and mean, I don't remember you getting grief at the time for this. No. So it was like 2011. No. Was that... You were explicitly referencing one of the most famous bits of comedy ever, is a Chris Rock's bit about yeah. N-word. You know, there are black people and then there yeah. are ends, and he goes, goes back and forth. And me and Jerry were saying we never use that, right? Right. And then and, and, and Louis C.K. does, and then Chris he and, and Chris yeah. were going back and forth about, about that. And you know, I think Chris said that he was he was black, or something. I mean, so but it was it was the most important point is that at no point. Was there an indication that anyone there was a racist or would ever use this term to express racism? Of course, right, of course. Right?
1: Yeah, and and the, and, the, and the person who got the brunt of it, of course, was Chris Rock for yeah, yeah, allowing. Yeah, he, he, you know, Uncle Tom, he, he helped yeah. midwife.
0: This atrocity. Yeah, his, yeah. his.
1: That was the headline, and uh, uh, the rest of us were sort of like collateral damage. But um, he was the he was the one that got that got the right. real hate.
0: Well, I mean, the, th- the thing that is... Well, and Louis, and Louis and, yeah, I mean, and because of, were, the, obviously... They were trying the, to find other reasons to bury yeah, him further. Of course, exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, actually, I want to talk about that as well. But you heard, you must have heard what happened to um, this guy, Jonathan Friedland, at, at Netflix, the communications director at Netflix. No, go on. Um, okay, so he... I probably he, do, but this I... This is probably now a year old. I mean, this the story is didn't get a lot of press but it's so emblematic of what has gone wrong in in this moment so i just want to kind of get your intuitions on it but the comic tom segura who has a couple of netflix specials very funny guy who in his latest special used the word retard or retarded oh i do know about this but i can't remember the details yeah okay so he used this word and there was a lot a lot of blowback. The, I mean, Netflix got lots of grief from, you know, parents with, with kids with mental disabilities. And, and so they had this sort of emergency meeting of the, you know, the top brass at Netflix. So it's this Reed Hastings, the CEO, and, you know, the 10 people under him, and this guy, Jonathan Friedland, who was their communications director. And he said, listen, we've all been blindsided by this, you know, who knew this it was this bad. But apparently, the word "retard" is as bad as the N word, but he used the word. Right? He said it is as bad oh. as oh. as this word right. for the black community, and right. we just have, we have not, you know, understood this yet. So we have to. So he's he's using it in the spirit of saying this Sorry, is how bad he, it
1: used it is. Word, he used the He used yeah. the <laughs> right. he, he, no,
0: he, used, he used the R word in full, or he used the N word in full. Right? He used the N word in full to illustrate to right. illustrate how bad the R word is. But again, it was in the service of saying, this is of how course. woke we have to be, of this course. is how scrupulous we have to be, this, 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 we have to figure out how to navigate this such that we make amends and don't offend any more people, right? But his uttering those magic syllables, again, in a context where not only was he not expressing racism, he was expressing the most energetic anti-racism, right? He got fired. Yeah. They fired him because the magic syllables had been used in that context. And I happened to find myself at dinner with him, just randomly at a, at a dinner party, and had not heard the story. So I'm hearing it directly from him and his wife in the, you know, maybe two months after he'd been fired. And it seemed to me they hadn't, they hadn't even absorbed what had happened to them, right? So I'm asking no. him, like, I said, well, wait a minute, so... Did anyone in that room, you know, did Reed Hastings or anyone under him or even any of the millennials at Netflix who were calling for your head, did anyone think you're a racist? And he said, Oh, no. No, no, exactly. No. No. And, but he hadn't, it's like he hadn't even absorbed the implications of that. It's like this, this was a human sacrifice to a taboo. Of course. And it seems to me that that, that's that's interesting as well. And that, but then, but then again,
1: there's something comforting in that because. A lot of people, if that had happened to me and I'd been fired and lost my livelihood, I'd still want people to know that actually I wasn't a racist. That would still be the worst bit for me, yeah. for people to yeah. think I was a racist. Oh, yeah. So I get, so that, that to me is like a little light at the end of the tunnel that, okay, I'm, I'm fired, I've lost my, but at least I'm not a racist. And that's what people know, the power of it. They know it's the worst thing to be and accuse someone of yeah and that's that that's the do you know what i mean yeah so that's the power people have when there's a when there's a you know a lynch mob out to get someone
0: people do sacrifice good people because they can't get to the bad people but that that's what's so perverse about this circumstance because what it's selecting for politically especially are the bad people who don't care about being of called course. racist. Right? Well, because or, every,
1: every, you know, everyone that's being fired and publicly embarrassed about a misdemeanor and being called a Nazi, there are real Nazis who are getting away with it. Just,
0: just waiting for the job. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah.
1: This must be amazing for real racists, right, to be out there and going, it's all right, everyone's a racist now. This is a great smokescreen. We've got, we've got people out there calling people who aren't Nazis Nazis, which makes us look, they don't know, they don't know the real Nazis right. from people who said the wrong thing right. once, you know. It's a happy accident, I think, and it plays into the hands of the genuinely bad people. There are real racists and there are real Nazis and there are people who are oppressing, actually oppressing people and causing harm. And then the people who joke about these things, who are the poster boys, they get the brunt of it. It just
0: makes the world slightly worse. All right, I want to swing back into social media and controversy for a second, but I, I have another question about fame. Have you gotten too famous for your own comfort? If you if you could reel it back and be less famous or be differently famous, would you? I mean, how how much does fame? Well, sort of. Your but life? then that's
1: like saying I want to be able to turn it on and turn it off. I like I like getting a seat in restaurants, you know, but. I don't like people looking at me when I'm shopping for pants well that's that's sort of tough, so all I can do is demand all I want is the same rights as anyone else. That's yeah. all I want you know yeah, sure, sure. you know the money sorts out the privilege right right now right. I just want <laughs> but now i I think i um you don't I don't court it i don't I you know i can i can i
0: i I live in a place where I can walk around and I'm not bothered you know now how how different is that? from city to city are there cities like if you go to la or new york are you bothered more than in well London i'm not or bothered less, or... because i'm not bothered because
1: i'm i'm a, a 58 year old in a stable relationship who doesn't do drugs or gamble or break the law or go to you know i don't i'm not an interesting i'm not interesting but you must get
0: the incessant demand for selfies and
1: yeah and that's nice i never right. i never refuse and that's that it's right. always that's nice you know because i hear stories of someone's oh and so and so you know a person who's genuinely likes your work and they think they know you and they have to pluck up a bit of courage to ask for a selfie and yeah. i see they're nervous yes. and and um i also oh, thank you very much uh, my pleasure and uh that that's not that to me isn't being bothered that's being a a person Right. That's being a human being, yeah. you know. If I wasn't famous and someone asked for help, that didn't take anything, from, I'd do it anyway. You know. Have you got change? Uh, yeah, I have. Yeah. It's not like I. You don't walk away going, "What a great person I am," you know. So that's enough That 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 means it's no skin off my nose. And, but what?
0: Uh, so you're in a restaurant eating with friends, and people come up to the table and interrupt your dinner, asking for a selfie. Again, or- slightly annoying that they haven't, they haven't read the situation, right? I, again, but usually I, I'm
1: really left alone in restaurants because people get the, they get it. I could go to places and be bothered. If I, if I went to some sort of loud, drunken bar at 11 o'clock, I'd be bothered. If I go to a posh restaurant, I'm not bothered because you sort of create your safe spaces. We'll get onto that. Yeah. So
0: no, it doesn't really bother me. There is a level of fame that's clearly paralyzing or at least deranging of a normal life where the people like you know the i, I guess it, it may correlate with some of the variables you just checked off as not having i mean being you know whatever the you know the the justin bieber level of fame is or the you know the the yeah. lady gaga level well of that's fame. crazy yeah so you, like a crazy teenager. you can't showing. get out of
1: the car because there's 100 people waiting for right. you and you, you know and you have to hide and wear beards and yeah you know that yeah. that's crazy. i have a I haven't got that because I haven't got that demographic. That's a big difference. Yeah. I mean, I I also haven't got that sort of... I I see comedians who, uh, they caught it. They say horrible things and scummy things, and they get get scummy people, and then they get annoyed when their scummy people that they've pandered to act like scummy people. Now, all my fans are, I like to think, are are normal, but they're not crazy because I haven't... Propagated that sort of environment. Do you know what I mean? That right. I'm not. I'm not on telly all the time. If I go to a, I might play to ten thousand people, but I'm in the car before they're out of the door. If If I went, um, if I started stage diving, it'd probably get a little bit hairy. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> that it, would be hilarious. It's, it's stage diving. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> do it.
0: Do it once, just for the image.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So as much as I sort of fear it, and I'm probably a little bit phobic about, and I joke about you know the general public i treat I, right. I i ironically treat them as scum and say things like that and uh
0: that's a there's some other but co- they get it. i
1: don't mean it they they yeah. know that i i i appreciate my fans more and more actually as i get older and and uh and that's what makes you bulletproof
0: well that 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 comes through but it, it's interesting that you so you have that layer of i don't know if this is on some level you know the David Brent persona, or there's a few of your personas that that you use comedically where you're above everyone. Exactly. And yet the joke's on you, right? Yeah, right. Well, that's the important point. So traditionally,
1: a comic is a court jester. They're down in the mud with the people making fun of the king carefully. You don't want to get off with his head. And so we have to be low status. Now, nowadays, people know what, comedians like me earn yeah yeah it's, it's hard so, to be low status on a Gulfstream. exactly yeah. right so what do i do i do it in two ways one i invite them in i let them look behind the curtain i go what well, you think it's brilliant being rich and famous all the time we'll look at this and you know I, I i say it's it's not all look how i embarrassed myself in front of the queen or the first time i took a private jet they thought i was the cook so i let them in and go i'm one of you Right. I shouldn't, I know right. I shouldn't be here, but I'm taking, it's like I'm taking the piss and it's not all roses. The other way I get low status is I talk about things where they're better off than me, genuinely. I talk about being old and I'm going to die soon. I'm fat. I'm right. going bald. I got, you know, right. I got oh, distended yeah. testicles. So I do that. And, uh, and then, um, you know, you, you, you can sort of get away with more. You know they they get it. They get the joke, and and I think that's preferable to lying. I think that's preferable to me going out there and pretending to be on welfare or pretending to still care about this or that. So I joke about being rich, and and uh, I do it arrogantly so that hopefully they get
0: the irony. Right, right. It's a great position to be in because you're you get all of the benefits of being honestly appreciative of your fans and you get all of the fun of playing the, that other layer of you know pseudo arrogance yeah and, and and it's but and- also
1: but also there's a part of me that says honestly if i can do it anyone can they know that i've probably worked hard and they know that i had, i probably had something but it is quite an inspirational story really a fat working class kid from reddin who suddenly makes it at 39. That's quite a good story. It's not like I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth and I I had privilege and I, do you know what I mean? There's there's nothing to be jealous of with me. They look at me up there in my bad jeans and fucking sweat-stained black T-shirt drinking Fosters out of a can And they go. I don't want to be him. I want his money, but I don't want to be him. You know, they can they can laugh they can laugh about it because we have to be the butt of the joke, really. And with all that arrogance, and with me playing the war story, I'm always the butt of the joke. If you look into it, I'm I'm being
0: childish. If I'm winning, I'm smugly being a child. Is there an example of a comedian who has a a fundamentally different geometry to their comedy? Who you who you would well, there are, comedians, there are
1: comedians that don't go there with themselves. They, they go out in a suit and they do puns, and they're good at what they do, but those jokes are as good to read. You would almost don't right. need them there. So um, my stuff can't be stolen, yeah. if you know what I mean. It, yeah. it's, not, it's, not, it's not syntax and semantics. It's, it's attitude. Right. It's a mood. It's a man as angry about the world as we are, <laughs> you know? It's almost not about the lines. It's, there's yeah. a narrative, you know. And this, it's interesting you're talking about persona, right, because that's the other thing, that the, the problem that some people don't get. It is a persona. It's a persona as much as David Brent, but it's just more subtle because I use it as my own name. So I treat the audience with a lot of respect in that I want them to be smart enough to know when I'm saying something I mean and when I'm saying something I don't mean. And I, I almost explain that in my new Supernatural. I come up and I, I, I do a joke and I go, that's irony. That's when I say something I don't really mean. And right. you as an audience, you laugh. You're laughing at the wrong thing because you know what the right thing is. Right. And I explain it
0: at the beginning. You also have that bit in Humanity where you, where you go through a list of jokes that you would never tell while telling, telling the hmm. joke. Of course. And yeah. again, I've
1: set them up. I've, right. I've
0: warned them. I've warned them. I almost challenge them.
1: To be offended and of course they're not because they they're ready for it and then people say ah but the problem with irony is some people don't get it and i go yeah that's true they go so someone can be laughing for the wrong reasons and i go yep yeah, yeah, i don't know what i can do about that because if you water the irony down so much that it's not irony what i might as well go out and say racism's wrong isn't it and get a round of applause yeah. well that's great that's lovely but it's not it's not funny <laughs> no. no no so you want to sort of to me, comedy is an intellectual pursuit. And as soon as you start, you know, pandering or wanting everyone to give you a round of applause because they agree with you, then you've lost something comedically. And I think you've got to be a bit cleverer with it than just going out there and... And, and it's not my problem who's at the back. You know, when you play the 10,000 people, there, there probably is a rapist and a Nazi. Yeah. And, a, you know yeah. what I mean? What, what yeah. sort of door policy is that? <laughs> uh, as you come in, have you ever raped anyone? Uh, you're not coming. It's like, I'm not responsible for the people at my gig. I'm only responsible for what I say. I'm not responsible for how they take it. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. crazy. And,
0: and the intention behind what you say should be what's most important. I mean, what you're honestly attempting to communicate, If you, if you, you, if your speech somehow misfires, if you use the wrong word in the wrong context. I mean, I think there was a... Someone told me about this... This may be closer. This is I think this is a British story, which this must be very well known to you and and it's I'm gonna botch it because I'm from America. But wasn't there a comic who recently used the phrase colored people in the US? Saying colored people puts you in the South in nineteen sixty three, I mean yeah. you're just a straight up racist. Yeah. But people of color is the perfect phrase. Yeah. Right. But yeah. so, but and to get that wrong is is enough to have yeah
1: it would have to be it would have to be it's about intent i think Uh, if you if you were going around saying colored nowadays uh, it's hard to believe you haven't heard that we've moved on right it could be genuine yeah it could could be a genuine mistake because i I remember i remember when it was the polite thing to say and then when i say that people thought it was too harsh Saying black, yeah. you know, yeah. there's, there's people with good intentions, and and of course, it, w- w- if things change, then it's a bit odd that you militantly stick to words that people have moved on from. Right. But it, it, it
0: depends whether it's genuine or not. It, it's, I think, it's all about intent. It's all about context yeah. and intent. Well, I mean, the, the reason why it should be about intent. I mean, it's not that you can't cause harm that you don't intend, and and and, and, and one should feel sorry about that, but. The crucial bit is that the fact that you didn't intend it is the indicator that you're not the sort of person who will cause those harms in the future. I mean, like you're well, like, in like, ten
1: years' time, this podcast will have us two saying the c-word,
0: Right. Colored. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. And so, so. Yeah. there's already another c-word too. I, I have a list yeah. of c-words now. You can say "cunt" because you're in, a, you're a, you're well, in the UK. Well, expl- I try, but again, yeah.
1: I try to explain to Americans that, that it, how it doesn't hold the same misogyny in England. It's a term of affection. Saying "cunt" to a woman would be a bit. I'd never say that because it's. Just, right. It just seems too, and and I'm sexist for not saying "cunt" to a woman. But I, I try and stress that I, it, it's so far removed from female genitalia in context in England. We call it. We say it to men, and for two reasons: one, we hate them; two, they're our mate. I was in um, Edinburgh once, and uh, two policemen walked past, and they said, "Oh, Mister Gervais, you're a funny cunt." I said, "Thank you very much." It's a term of endearment as well, you know. But there is no misogyny. It's it's, in fact, it's almost the other way that you don't use it. So you know, um, so it's very very complicated and nuanced. But it, it, and that's the problem with social media as well, it doesn't it doesn't know international boundaries. So when I when I tweet from London, that's, that's for, a different. That's for all time in every culture. Yeah. Everywhere, yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, we, we have to be educated and, and I'm a fan of political correctness per se, that I don't say the wrong I try not to say the wrong. I don't want to be taken the wrong way. I don't want people to be offended. I don't want people to think that you're you're a fan of civility. Civility, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Political correctness, like other things, has been has been mugged and and changed. And now there's a new word for it. It's woke and uh, and all that. But yeah, I I, uh, if if someone says, "Oh, we have a new term for that now," I go, "Good, good. yeah, fine. Just let me know. I didn't get the memo, but now I've got the memo." I'd be a
0: psychopath to still go around using the, the wrong term. All right. Well, I'm I'm feeling the, the the tractor pull of controversy is is irresistible. But I have I have one uh, left field question to ask you because I'm uh, now because I'm going to forget it if if I don't do it. In thinking about this interview, I um, stumbled upon a, an interview you did with Gary Shandling on YouTube. Yeah. which was fascinatingly off kilter, and I, I don't I, I don't I couldn't tell how much was being played. Consciously well, for comedy, and how much was truly think awkward. He was, and
1: I, 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 uh, I don't know what to say here because I've sort of he. I don't. I don't think he was quite himself. Really, he at was at the time. He, he was in a bad place. Yeah. yeah, and he talks about it after. There's a thing on YouTube where he talks about it. He says, I, "I, um, he, he was trying to do a thing, and it, it sort of went wrong. What happened was he uh, invited me to be on his the some sort of anniversary." box set, a, behind, a DVD extra behind, of Gary Shandling, uh, of Larry Sanders, you know, as a fan. Right. And I said, oh, I'll, I'll do a thing with you as well. well I'm at it, I, I was going to do my, I did a thing where I was doing my three comedic heroes, which right. was him, uh, Larry David and Christopher Guest. And I did, um, I did those three. There's a conspiracy theory that goes around that after the Gary Shandling episode, I cancelled the series. Uh, it was right. only three. Right. As if you do that then. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, that's it. Right. The, people think that you do, you do it as you go along. Right. You know, I yeah. <laughs> no, cancelled right. the series. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think it might have been the first one. I did. Oh, no, Larry, I did, um, I did Larry David and then uh, I did yeah. him and
0: I went there. I mean, he had and, that whenever, I, I didn't know him. I, I met him once very briefly, but social awkwardness was part of his comedy. Right? I know, so, well, like, well, I, but, well, I, off hair he told me that,
1: He was in therapy five days a week. He had five different therapists. When we got there, his crew couldn't find him. He was sort of, he was, and then he came in. And he says he thought he was recording for his thing at first. There's a thing on YouTube where he talks about it. Uh, Look it up. Um, um, I can't remember what it was, but he explains it all. And it was still still fun. I left it all in, you know. People think that it was a stitch-up. I go, no, I edited it. Right. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You know, I edited it. I left right. it. It's like, I, you yeah. know. Well, that, that's what, that's what like on this podcast, occasionally I get people attack me as though they've caught me yeah. saying something on this podcast. Well, of course. So Like, like I, I had a chance to, to take my foot out of my mouth. And of I, course, I, I know. No, we left it <laughs> yeah. in because it's the... Yeah. And also, it didn't feel awkward. It felt like two people, two idiots sparring. Well, it, it felt, it was a weird, it felt like there were sort of comedic egos Jockeying for status but a little also, bit. I but said, also, I said it at the beginning that he's my hero. Yeah, well, yeah, but then, but then it was also it was not clear that, that what he was playing for comedy and and kind of uh, kind of faux status, or whether he was he actually didn't know who you were to the degree that that most viewers would assume in that at that moment. I mean, yeah, he, but he like was he, he
1: was teasing me as well. He was right. trying he was trying to get something going. Even yeah. you know even yeah. after the initial thing where he says he didn't realize. I mean, then we had. Then we had it. It was like foreign and we were were having fun. And then we had breaks and he and he told me lots of stuff that he'd been through. And then we got back to it, you know, so.
0: It was just funny. It's funny to be uh, to, you know, as a an enormous fan of yours to just have a document there and an enormous fan of his to have a document there where the two of you are are collaborating and. To actually not know how to interpret what's going on. I mean, it is kind of a, a weird sort of cognitively yeah, straining. Yeah, but it was like we, we
1: we were doing it because it was funny and interesting, and we were winding each other up. And right. but then and it then, seemed
0: like the, it, there were moments where it was. It but could I love have been that. I personally. love that yeah. awkward. That I'd, yeah.
1: in fact, you know, I could have put in the bits where that we where we stopped, and we were sort of normal and nice to each other. Right. But where's the fun in that? Anyway, yeah, there were lots can of conspiracy that up theories on that yeah. um, he, he owned me and he hated me. He right. didn't. He invited me to be on his DVD, <laughs> right, right, right. you know, and then, and then he, uh, yeah, there's a great thing you should find it. It's speaking about it. And um, he says that he got the energy wrong and he was trying something else. And, uh, and he put it, it, you know, and then he, um, he, and it's funny. Cause when I got back with it, the broadcaster went, Oh my God, this is really great. You should do a new intro saying, Oh, he was, he was weird. And it was, I was going, no, I'm not doing that. No, yeah. I'm not doing that. Yeah. It's just, it's. It's, he had a, was what it was, he yeah. had a bad day and, you know, but yeah, it's, it's odd what uh, people hold up. It's like, it's the
0: owned. Yeah. Is, yeah. It, uh, yeah. Caesar, is it owned yeah. on Twitter? Really? <laughs> owned? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, all right. So we, we've put our toe in the water a bunch here, but let's just focus for a moment on what social media is doing to us. So you do seem to more or less just have a good time at least like the yeah. public, public face on social media no, i mean you're very engaged no you're one's very ever aggressive.
1: genuinely hurt my feelings on twitter that would be impossible right yeah. it's like the, the 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 analogy i use is i'm walking down the street and there's a guy living in a bin covered in shit right and he shouts at me you can't am i going to get upset at that I'm going to keep walking, aren't I? I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, <laughs> I might take a picture. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but That's you, a re-sweet. It's, yeah, right, right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, right.
0: No, but it's it. Like, do, do, so let's just walk through this somewhat systematically. So you do respond to people occasionally. Some, some. Yes. I mean, the, the, the truth is, I don't get that
1: sort of, again, I don't know why, but I don't get it. I think, I, I, yeah, I have no idea why. Sometimes I have to look for it. Sometimes I search things to look for. If, I, if I'm doing a new bit, I'll put in a couple of words and find a mad thing, you know, and I talk about that. And someone said, Dan once said, why do you only retweet the maddest examples of, you know, fundamentalist Christians? And I go, because a sensible Christian's not funny. Where's someone who just says, oh, I've got spirituality and, um, yeah, live and let live. There's nothing funny about that. Whereas someone that says, I hope you get raped by Satan. That's funny. That's why I choose the comedy. Is an exaggeration. It's not my job to be fair.
0: To be fair, it's like—is it funny? Well, now, is there a problem though when you retweet someone to whatever it is? I mean, what are you at twenty million or something on oh, no, yeah, Twitter? Yeah, right, 50, 30, uh, I think, yeah. So, is there a problem that are you encouraging the mo- the Twitter mob to go after this person who?
1: Well, I, I am a bit careful because you don't want that. You don't want that. So. Uh, I try and do it with good humor.
0: Uh, now I hardly do it at all. Was there any point at which you felt your engagement with social media was out of balance and just and complicating your life, and the, and you do course correct? It no, or wasting not? time. Yeah. It gets
1: way worse because it's, it's fun. It's interesting. Right. I can, you know, I can sit there and go through and, and you, I use it as a, I use it in many ways. Right. I think number one, I use it as a, a marketing tool. Thirteen million people. Who get an email that's a good that's really good
0: yeah i mean wow. and, and on that level it it may just be unavoidable i mean when you have a when you have a new show and you need to put tickets on sale it would be oh you know, thought, idiotic not d- to have a twitter channel Where well, you I, d- to I don't that spend out. anything on
1: my gigs are pure profit because right. i don't have to spend anything on advertising yeah you know they they, they sell out around the world you know so there, there's there's that Right. Why would I not use that? It would be crazy for me to shut that down because there are a couple of idiots. I use it as market research as well because that's not a sample. That's the world. You know, if 100, 200 is a good sample, then 13 million, pretty much as it is, yeah. that's how it is. They're still the echo chamber because they're presumably following me for a reason and uh, you know, I can't. But it's very good for putting out jokes and finding the ambiguity, because someone out there will go, do you mean this? And you go, ah, oh, I didn't know it was ambiguous. That's good. I'll change that. And so it's good for joke writing. It's good for, to reduce. I, I like that restriction of characters to, yeah. you know, it's, gotta a, be it's no magic, good for nuance. Yeah. It's no good for, so you've got to be manipulating that sample. You've got to go, hold on. So this person doesn't get it. Does that mean there's something wrong with the joke? Or does it mean they're an idiot? Usually it means they're an idiot, you know? You, you don't. You don't care about if if ten thousand people are laughing. You don't care about one heckler. It'd be madness to throw. Oh, I'll lose that joke. And also, it's disservice. Sometimes I've explained the joke to people, and the people who got it are angry. They go, "Don't fuck it We got it. You know. Don't." And I the same. When a comedian apologizes, I go, "Oh, fucking, don't apologize." Yeah. That's yeah. you know. Yeah. So you
0: can't please everyone. You shouldn't. You can't legislate against stupidity, and you shouldn't. You know. Well, so but you. So you're again i'm trying to find the ways in which you are you, you seem to be uniquely immune to the pain here because you know like but many what people you think
1: I, what, what do you mean by I'm unique? I, I don't i don't know i'm not sure that that's true is it cuz i act like i am or that my responses or the, i shouldn't be i've survived terrible controversies i'm defiant
0: against so yeah it's just so it's one the public perception of you not getting as much blowback as other people would. Because I'll tell you
1: why it's not the public perception. That's the point. If you're on Twitter, you think that there's a war going on. You th- if you go onto Twitter and you, go th- you hit the right buttons, right, it's like you're watching Game of Thrones. It's like the world is full of Nazis versus anti-Nazis. It's TERFs versus trans activists. It's a, you go in the real world, it's not.
0: Yeah, They don't yeah. exist.
1: It's like this 1% right. that's yeah. that's in your phone. And there's the that's the terrifying equality that someone living in a bin can do a tweet and the next tweet is Richard Dawkins. Right. And you I go, know. oh, look, they're the I same. Know. They're not the fucking same. Yeah. One's a moron. Yeah. Right? So, <laughs> so that's the problem. So when you go on these things and you it blows up like it's a... But, uh, but I mean,
0: like you, you pick Richard Dawkins as, as a perfect example of somebody who has obviously complicated his life by his use of twitter and 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 there's certain tweets he has sent which i think had you sent them yeah it wasn't merely that the joke was poorly crafted in his case it's that he functions by a a, a different physics of reputation management than you do because well my my name comes up a lot
1: on twitter when there's ever a controversy right a politician's a summit and people defend and go hold on what what ricky gervais says these things which is right, but I want to go well, hold on, let's look at it. There's lots of variables here one I'm good at it, I'm good at my job right i've I've thought about this joke. this isn't me going out and saying the wrong thing. Two, you could say, well, that's not a joke. I make jokes about those things, but that's not a joke about the thing. that's someone advocating the thing and there's another there's another big difference there. is it a joke first of all, was it a bad joke that's another thing if you're if you're dealing with Really contentious. The more emotive and contentious the issue is, the funnier it's, the it's, joke's got to be. be perfect, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, you've got to go, People, oh, I get it. And I, again, I talk about this on humanity that people often get offended by, a, let's say, a joke. Let's talk about jokes, actual jokes. People saying things they don't really mean for a comic effect to elicit a, a laugh, right? People get offended when they mistake the subject of a joke with the actual target. So,
0: But but some people think that something
1: shouldn't be joked about, which is clearly not true. So, and they do that because they think, and there's lots of stages here. They think that, so if it's a bad thing, if it's a joke. Auschwitz. Yeah, exactly. What's What's the target of the joke? Is it people being killed? Or is it about a stupid misunderstanding? Or is the Nazi that, there's lots, there's lots of ways this can be okay. You can make jokes about race without being racist. We don't have to get to, you know, is it a racist joke or not? It can be a, just a joke about race. And everyone knows that you can yeah. make a joke about
0: race without being racist. It seems to me that there are comics, though, that have completely changed their act in response to how, how thin-skinned everyone has become. Again, you know, I, I, I sort of get
1: it you know, you, you have those thoughts you go oh I'm dealing with irony and I used to play the right wing bigot and everyone got it but now the right wing bigots yeah. are in charge so is it the right thing to do so I, I have to find a way where I can still make these sort of jokes and people get them and you know so there's a I do feel there's a responsibility to at least try the frame to machine. get the right target and hope people get it so I get that and sometimes and then I get why people go oh it's just not worth it no one understands me I'm getting shouted at, and my friends don't get it either. And I want to. I want to be in this club. I, I get it. You're I don't want to give up. I work. don't want to give up. I want people to understand it, and I try. If anyone says, "I'll explain the joke," I'm happy to explain the joke because I love the intellectual pursuit. I love to say to someone, "No, no." I'll give an example. So, uh, at the Golden Globes, and now that's the only chance I get to write one-liners, and there's their. They're for the event. They, they don't really go in my stand up. I can't do anywhere else. They're about really famous
0: people winning an award at a time. That, that's a great example of you making people obviously uncomfortable with, without apology. I mean, one crucial variable there is that you're punching up to, or at least punching straight to people, you know, the, the most privileged, successful of course, people. people I get the that. World. Yeah. They think, because I've got the microphone.
1: I'm right, punching right. down, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, Whereas, Johnny Depp. Yeah. I, I, exactly. Or, yeah. yeah. The 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 richest, most popular people in the world. NBC, I have a go at, and the Hollywood Foreign Press. It's their night. They're in charge. So that's yeah. th- those are the things. And again, people get they they it muddies the water, right? The, uh, what the target is? What, what, what punching up and down? Who's who's in charge? What's privilege? What's you know? So an example. There's loads of examples that are taken away. So I did a joke. Uh, I think the, I said that I think the Golden Globe for special effects could, should go to the team that airbrushed the poster for Sex and the City Two. Right. right? Yeah. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I said yeah. Uh, we know how old you are, girls. I saw one of you in an episode of Bonanza. <laughs> and so Kim Cattrall comes out and says that is ageist, and I explain, no, it's the opposite. I'm saying, why are we pandering? to yeah. Hollywood making it palatable to see 50-year-old women. What's yeah, the, up with being 50? Yeah, the airbrushing was ageist. Yeah. Of course, Yeah. exactly. So, uh, oh, okay. Did some people laugh for the wrong reasons? Definitely, definitely. Is that my problem? Not really, because if the joke's gettable, if it stands up for itself, right? <laughs> I'm, it's, I'm still
0: having a Bonanza.
1: Yeah, of course. <laughs> and it's funny to end with a stupid thing from the 60s yeah, That's so every, everything about that joke is comedic. Everything about the words and those things is comedic. I pretend to get angry. I pretend to be on the wrong side.
0: The Caitlyn Jenner joke. Yeah, you hit her hard. And that, was that was humanity? Or was yeah, that well, a, the, but Golden the Golden Globes. Globes okay. um, yeah.
1: I, I come out and I say, uh, I'm going to be nice tonight. Relax, I'm going to be nice tonight. I've changed. Not as much as Bruce Jenner. <laughs> right. Okay, so I go, now Caitlyn Jenner, of course. And um, what a year she's had became a role model for trans over bravely breaking down barriers and uh, destroying stereotypes. So she didn't do a lot for women drivers. So clearly that joke is about the fact that she knocked someone over in a car and got away with it. It's the, the, the target is a celebrity status. Right. The, the people getting confused. You can't have a go at a, a brave trans. All, all those things, all those things come out. Oh, my God, he's being transphobic. No, no, no. Um, not, there is nothing transphobic like that. And then I talk about any humanity and I go the the up. I go, well, actually, without knowing it, the transphobic thing was me saying her old name, Richard, Richard, yeah, which yeah. is dead name. And I'd never heard of that thing. And I talk about dead naming. And then I, then I start getting on my high horse and I say, uh, she talked about the joke after. And someone said, well, what do you think of the Ricky Gervais joke? And she said, maybe I should host the Golden Globes next year. And I follow up with, uh, I tweeted back, let her host, just don't let her drive. So I doubled down and now I'm being childish. Now I'm pretending I'm above it all, but I'm being caught up. So every, there's clues. Every way along there's clues. But do you know what? Sometimes people don't want to be the subject of any jokes. And this is the thing. If it, 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 it's like some people say, um, oh, we want to be treated like everyone else, but not in jokes. We don't want to be the subject of jokes. But apart from that, we want to be treated like everyone else. Well, you, if you want to be treated like everyone else, you've got to be the subject of jokes. It still depends what the target is, but you can't, you're not allowed to say, I deserve, my cause deserves not to be the the subject of jokes. Well, that's not for you to decide. It depends on the joke. It depends on the context. It depends why you're doing it. But we're all allowed to joke. You can't help what you find funny. You know, and when someone has a go at a comedian for being a bad person for making a joke, they've equally got to say, well, what about those 800,000 people that laughed? Surely they're just as guilty.
0: Yeah. You know? Well, and, and the laugh is... That's an, what a, hurts. An amazing register of, of the real opinions because it is involuntary. I mean, the, of the, course. The, the laugh, despite your best efforts not to laugh too. is. Well, I get
1: fun. that. I say a joke and people go, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes, the
0: they correction.
1: suddenly catch <laughs> themselves. La- laugh correction, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I tell people, you know, you're allowed to laugh at bad things without being bad people. That's what humor's for. It gets us through bad stuff. If you can't joke about bad things, we don't need humor anymore because we don't need it in good times. <laughs> we need it. In, and it is a good, it's a good form of dissection. Humor's a really good form of dissection. And, uh, and uh, I, I, I deal in taboo subjects for that reason. That I want people to be a little bit nervous going into this scary forest, and they come out the other side, and it's all bright and it's sunshine, and it, no one got hurt. It's these people that try and they switch it. They do a they do a very very clever move, right? So there was a comedian recently called Joe Brand. She's quite a you know she's she's sort of alternative but British comedy, yeah, and quite yeah. established. She does a big. She's been a host for a big news show we've got called Have I Got News for You, and. uh she flippantly said on a radio show, when um, Nigel Farage, a right, you know, right wing. Yeah, yeah. right Brexit, main, yeah. Re- yeah, Brexit um, supporter. Got milkshaked. I think it was the first big yeah. high-profile pro milkshaking. Right? Oh, did she
0: say she wished there were,
1: there were yeah. acid in the milkshake? Yes, yeah, so you don't waste yeah. a milkshake um, uh, when, when there's battery acid. Now, people now retell that as if anyone defended her freedom of speech, they say, oh, you condoned you condoned a comedian throwing acid on someone. No, no, no. She didn't throw acid. How did we get to that? How did we get to the point where a joke is doing the thing that you're joking about? And they don't see they've done it. They're not doing it on
0: purpose. Well, the problem there, though, I mean, it's it's not... I I don't know how she told it, but it doesn't sound like it was... It stood a good chance of being very funny.
1: No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was a bit lazy and silly. But what she didn't do is say... It's okay to throw acid at people. That's what she didn't say. It was a huge exaggeration. And in a way, she is pandering a little bit. She's saying, we don't agree with his politics. Yeah. He deserves a milkshake, right? He deserves a milkshake. That's what she's saying. And then as a joke, she says, he's such a horrible person. He deserves worse than a the milkshake. There is no way that she could mean That she would be okay with the worst person in the world getting battery acid thrown at them. Not in a billion fucking years. Right? And I and I I I defended her and then teased her. I said, um, she's a big lady. I said, there is no fucking way she'd ever waste a milkshake on. (laughs) And people saying, hey, fat shaming. I go. But you were okay with her talking about throwing. <laughs> so it's a big melee. Yeah. It's
0: a big, bigger point scoring. Yeah. And it comes down to this. It comes down to this now. There is a different physics here because that milkshake joke, the fat shaming milkshake joke, had I told it on Twitter, I would imagine there would be, I mean, again, I'm, I'm in a unique space because I, I'm unfireable, right? I don't have to worry about but there, there are people who would get fired over that joke. Right?
1: Well, In, again,
0: again, there's a there's a people trying,
1: you know from from the other point of view, people say, oh, someone should never be fired for. I don't know. It depends what job they've got. And this isn't censorship. It's private sector. So if someone doesn't want to employ someone because of, whether you know this isn't this isn't government intervention, and that's the important thing, right? No one should. You're allowed to be. You say what you want, but that you're allowed to be criticized back, right? Well, no, we're not saying that. People think we're saying that. No, I, I I, deserve to say anything I want and no one has the right to criticize me. I'm saying bring it on. Yeah. I'm yeah. saying let's do this. It's it's fun. It's great. You're allowed to say what you want and people, let's say back. Some, if someone's being an arsehole, you're allowed to say they're an arsehole. It's
0: brilliant. It's a great system. And, and in certain cases, it's understandable that. That the criticism has greater consequence than in others. Of course,
1: I also believe there's a difference between some idiot comedian saying something stupid, and a world leader. You know, we do. I I think we. Why? (laughs) Why are we? Why are we holding comedians to the same standards that we like people in charge of the world? Listen, I I would
0: love if the president (laughs) of the United States were held to the standards we hold comedians to. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Exactly. I don't know how. I've said that before as well. That um. A comedian can say something he doesn't mean and get flack. Then a, a, a wooly can say something and he means it and he gets voted in. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. so <laughs> this is, this is freedom. Yeah. This is freedom. But it comes down to this, right? It's not about the argument anymore. It's not about the joke. It's about who's saying it because there's a point scoring system going on now. It's like everyone's trying to get into heaven by having more points scored for them and and more points scored against the opposition it's binary now so yeah. an example uh a few years ago i i there were, i tweeted as a quote from churchill about freedom of speech i tweeted that right someone says hey you know he was a white supremacist i tweeted back <laughs> not in that quote he isn't why do you know what i mean it's like if there's a, a venn diagram for people to be on your side there's no over it's got to be concentric circles. Yeah. If one person does something out of the, out of the circle they're banished. Is yeah. that it could be nothing to do. You know what I mean? Right. It's like
0: sometimes you got to own if you're going to celebrate anything about a person you own every indiscretion that that they could possibly be discovered about them in their life. Of course. And uh,
1: you know I um I had a joke about uh, you know when they wanted to take down the um the statues of uh Generals, because they were you mm. know, slave owners, and I made a, I made a joke. Well, no, just just change the bottom of the statue. Say, great soldier, a bit racist, right. <laughs> you know, inventor of the spoon, brilliant man,
0: kiddie fiddler, you know. Let's just put the let's put the, let's, let's put the, <laughs> yeah. just a little fine print. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. For all that we've said about courting controversy and speaking your mind you're, you're actually not overtly political well i much. don't one i don't court controversy well no but i mean, like, I, I, but I, I, I sort of deal with it how to, hands, i talk yeah. about it you know and because it's it's a no, you, it's yeah, fascinating that, subject yeah, that, um, that came out wrong you don't you don't seem to be but that's a, an accusation as you, well you, you're not a provocateur I, in that, exactly in that sense, and uh, so. in the sense that on purpose but if you say anything
1: that's if you're dealing with taboo subjects and it's contentious and you and you're honest, by definition, you're going to be a provocateur. You know, I, I, uh, if someone says you're controversial and you say you're not controversial, you've just created a controversy. And now people don't need one person to make something controversial. As I say, a heckler. So if 10,000 people laugh at my joke and one person walks out, that's controversial. Right. Whereas scientifically, it isn't. No. You'd, no. T- you'd, you'd nip off either end of the Gaussian curve. Do you, do you see yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. But uh, I'm not afraid to talk about things. But I am careful and I'm considered. I'm not one of these comedians that go out there and say, you know, comedy is my conscience taking the day off. It never does. I am aware of my responsibilities. You know, I, I uh, even from things like, I don't want people to take my jokes wrong because then they might think, I am all those things I'm satirizing. And I don't want that because I'm not, right? But that's that's my private life. To the extent that I, I wouldn't want... I don't want children at my gig because I have a responsibility as an adult, and I I want people to be intelligent enough to understand it, and I don't want to I don't want to corrupt yeah. minds, uh, you know. So there are still all those caveats. Just uh, there are caveats to free speech. People think that when you say I want free speech, they think oh what you want to be able to incite violence. I go no, no no that's always taken care of that's already taken care of right yeah. oh what you what so we should have let. The Nazis do what? They... No, 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 no! It wasn't what the Nazis said as much as what they did. You know, I agree with there should be libel laws and slander and watersheds, and you know, I agree with all these caveats to free speech. What I don't agree with is the right to never hear anything you don't agree with. That's what I don't agree with. I don't agree that feelings are more important than facts. That's what I don't agree with. Right. You know?
0: But you're not overtly political. I'm not, for, right. for the reasons I
1: said that I think it gets in the way of the comedy. It's just unfunny to be hectoring I don't like your, it. your political I don't there. like it from either side. Right. I don't like it when a left-wing person goes out and just rallies against it, and I don't like it when a right-wing comedian goes there and just rallies, you know. There's nothing in that for me, comedically. If anything, you should go the other way. If anything, you should go into the lion's den. If you really think you're, you know, these comedians say, I say the unsayable. No, you don't. Everyone's laughing. Everyone's
0: laughing. If you want to say the unsayable, I've got places for you to go and say things. But well, you, you do, won't. Well, there's one topic where, that you hit hard and uh, without any apparent intention to make people laugh, which is the, the animal rights stuff. I mean, you just, you basically say, I care about this. I have a megaphone. This is fucking awful. Yeah, Look at but that's that not
1: up. part of my that's not part of my comedy. No, no, that's me on that's me that's as you, a person. That's just Twitter. like, yeah. just like in real life, I don't think that Stephen Hawking is pretentious. You know, I've got a joke about Stephen. I say uh, St- uh, Stephen Hawking. They say he's a genius. He's not a genius. He's pretentious. Born in Kent and talks with that fake American accent. Right. <laughs> Clearly, yeah, yeah. in real life, I don't think that people yeah. have been idiot. That I don't think um, I do a joke about um, famine. Um, I saw a documentary. uh, A little girl in India. She has to walk three miles every day just to get water. She should move. You know, do you see what I'm saying? If what what sort of
0: moron
1: would you have to be to think that those jokes are my real opinions?
0: Yeah, I think that comes through clearly, and there would be no way to read bad intention into that. Well, but but you'd be surprised. And again, (laughs) except you know the, the the Justine Sacco incident, right? That was, she no. was, she was patient zero for what could happen to you on Twitter. She was a, Oh, she got on the plane. She got on the plane. Yeah. So, so like I, so, yeah. so, I mean, that's almost, a, that joke has a similar structure. I mean, she's not a comedian, for those who don't remember this. This is a woman who was, I think she was working in PR for some company. She had like 150 Twitter followers. She tweeted, on my way to Africa, hope I don't get AIDS. Just kidding. I'm white. Right? and right. You know, I I don't know her. I've never spoken to her. But clearly, uh, you know, upon debriefing, it was an attempt at a joke of a similar structure. The target was the white privilege. Of course. Right. Of course. But that, of course, was lost on all of humanity, apparently. And by by the time she landed in South Africa, she was the number one trending thing on Twitter. Some people don't want to hear
1: subjects. Some people don't want to. Journalists say to me, is there anything you wouldn't joke about? And I always say, is there anything you wouldn't write about? Because it's the same thing. That's a good response. Because people assume that the comedian is being nasty. They're doing it flippantly. Just like if I go out there and I talk um the dangers of obesity, I do it in a funny way. Actually, having said I was gonna say when a doctor says it, people know that they don't they don't, but now there is a, a movement now for doctors to stop fat right. shaming. Yeah. Doctors fat shaming. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck me. That is like saying it's cancer shaming. Doctor told me I had cancer. He should be struck <laughs> off. But you have. Well, there's no reason to say it. You've got cancer. We're going to save your life. <laughs> right. No, it's up to me if I've got cancer. Just think of that. It's, it's crazy. It's absolute madness what people are offended by and think they have the right
0: not to hear. I, 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 honestly, it's, it's, it's shocking. All right, so uh, I want to talk about how w- once someone has traduced one of these boundaries and, and suffered an apparently fatal or near-fatal blow to their reputation, I'm wondering what the path back is. I mean, what, what is an apology, what makes an apology of the kind that should be accepted? Whether or not, in fact, they are. I mean, we have this, we have this problem where we, we will the strangeness of our situation now is we have people who the mob want canceled forever yeah. over, yeah. you know, saying the wrong thing yeah. on Twitter. And yet the same mob would accept a prisoner who coming out of prison 30 years for murder. Right. So, Someone who, who, who admits to killing people. Yeah. This is a, an appropriate redemption story. Yes, right? because so, they've got their comeuppance. They've got their
1: comeuppance and people have it's like they've won and now it's them. It's them handing out the favours. So it's the right. mob handing out the favours. Right? Where right. they're frustrated is that the person doesn't apologise or he's on the wrong side. Because that's the other thing, again. As I said, it's on the, you're on the wrong side. People don't look at an argument anymore. They look at who's saying it, and then they cancel you because it's not good for their... It's like, um, you know we're in court when uh, you're allowed to object to the jury? That's what people are doing. They're making the jury better for themselves that their hypocrisy as well. Like they let someone off who's on their side and they go, well, no, they And then they don't let someone off who's on the other side. And then it's tip for tat. And they go, well, you said this now, you didn't like it when they said it. Well, that's different. They're, everyone thinks their thing is worse. Right. I, again, I talk about this in humanity where I did a, a routine on, uh, Jimmy Fallon where I talked about, I wasn't allowed nuts on a flight because someone, and I exaggerate the story and it didn't right. really happen. Uh, Someone said we've got a fatal nut allergy, right? So I never wanted nuts more, right? I said, so now what I do is before I get on a flight, just in case that ever happens again, I just rub my self down in nuts. (laughs) And like people believe, most people know that's just not true. Of course I wouldn't. I'm joking about being spoiled. Like how dare someone, just because they're going to die, that doesn't mean I shouldn't eat nuts. It's me playing a psychopath, right? So next day on Twitter, I got this, all these tweets from one person going, how dare you joke about food? Uh, it's it's t- terrible. My daughter's a food. Blah, blah, blah. And I ignore it, ignore it, ignore it. And then, then they sent me a thing saying, uh, you should never joke about food allergies. And I said, listen, I, I should have left it. I sent back, I joke about AIDS, cancer, famine, and the Holocaust. And you're telling me I shouldn't joke about food allergies. She sent back, yes, but the Holocaust didn't kill children. <laughs> so in her head, her right. thing, because she's got that thing, yeah. is worse than any other thing. People do that all the time. People do it's, it's human. They do it all the time because they go, yeah, but you don't. I've had all these arguments. If I deal with ten horrendously taboo, terrible subjects, everyone thinks nine are okay because they get the irony, but the one they've got is not okay. That's just human nature because they can't see the wood for the trees. And that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with feelings and feelings are personal. And we get it. We understand it. Everyone wants a hug. Everyone wants to be exempt. No one wants to be the butt of the joke. Or but they take things personally. And this is what happens. So people, have, they don't like their beliefs being made fun of. So they, make, they try and give beliefs human rights. So they say that that's what blasphemy is it's giving their beliefs human rights like say you hurt my god you hurt me
0: do you see what i mean yeah yeah yeah. i mean the the idea that there is a a freedom from being offended that could ever trump the freedom to express ideas and vet them publicly through of course you know it's it's a I mean it is explicitly a holdover from religion I mean, it is a blast from the you know but the problem is dogma
1: the problem in everything yeah. is dogma right yeah. it's not religion it's the dogma religion and it's this and it's
0: and now people have hooked on to dogma yeah. right except religion is the one area where dogma is actually a good word you know? Yeah, <laughs> we of talk course. about dogma of is a pejorative everywhere but now, else but outside the catholic church but
1: but now dogmas in politics you know and there's heresy and there's you know metaphorically but Everyone's got their own blasphemy, and uh, we've got it now. With if you say say the wrong pronoun, it's a blasphemy. It's a, that's what they're trying to create. They're trying to give ideas human rights to close you down. They stick phobia on the end of a word, and then then you're racist if yeah. you don't agree with an idea. It's like me getting offended by someone making fun of maths. I yeah. go, you yeah. yeah, go on then. Doesn't change it, you know science doesn't care about your feelings and that's the good thing and um i think we're going in v- overall there's blips but i think truth is too strong in the end you think this spell is going to break i i think it is i think we've gone through it we've gone we came out of the dark ages and we've come out of them again i think that so what is
0: the path for so t- let's take it out of the the taboos of infelicitous speech and talk about people doing things in the real world that, that people are understandably upset about. Sure. I mean, so I, I, I think you know, we, we can pivot if, if you don't like this. I, I don't know how close you are with him or, or if there's any downside to this, but can, can we talk about the case of Louis C.K.? And-
1: yeah, well, that's a very good case. That is a very good case. There is still an ambiguity to it, and the ambiguity is, I suppose, the term wrong and it would be easier if it was cleaner. If he'd have broken the law, it would right. be a cleaner case to discuss. And I and I still don't know what actually happened.
0: Right. Yeah. So so let's let's just frame this. And again, we don't like every conversation. We're we're having this at one moment when certain facts are known, but other facts may come to light. But yeah. from my understanding of what happened is he had this this fetish of yeah. masturbating in front of women and he uh, says he asked
1: their permission didn't he and then the the apology yeah
0: yeah the 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 only stories i've heard is that he yeah he asked people's permission except when he happened to be on the phone with them there was never a scenario where he was like blocking the door and people were afraid for their safety or afraid they couldn't leave the room i mean there was there was there was no like We're not in Harvey Weinstein territory at all. No, we're not. But
1: you're not even allowed to say that now because it's like Matt Damon got in trouble by saying that some things are worse than others. And people go, no, they're not. All
0: things are bad. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. All all things are as bad as they can be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. all things, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we'll we'll, a spectrum here. He's certainly got the timing was certainly to his yes. detriment. It was seen, um, seen through the lens of of the Harvey Weinstein, Bill Cosby horror course, show. Yeah, of course. So so like we acknowledge a, a spectrum of sexual impropriety here, and it seems to me he was on on part of it where it's not a matter of physically coercing people. He's clearly putting people in situations that they found uncomfortable, Absolutely, even, yeah, even yeah. if they had consented. Of course, there's something basically. Creepy about the whole he, thing, it,
1: absolutely. Yeah, and there's he, a, he and, knows that.
0: and yeah. there's a power dynamic where he's doing this to comics. I mean, he's a very powerful comic who could help make someone's career, or you know, I guess plausibly, Which I think he their said. Career. I think he said that in the uh, in the apology, his, his apology, right? So, but so he's you know asking female comics who have a lot to gain, or at least would imagine they would have a lot to gain from re- remaining on the good side of Louis C.K. Yeah, whether he can masturbate in front of them. And so this falls in the category of, you know, workplace sexual harassment in some sense, because there's this, this is a perception that, you yeah. know, that, that like the the boss was 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 doing this to, to yeah. someone to a, not not an employee explicitly, but the one piece I don't know I don't know whether this shoe was ever dropped, but it was alleged that his manager actually harm the careers of some of the, some well, of the people who complain that, that is something else yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that, so that crosses a line yeah. which is, is you're either clear. doing
1: something that is private but not illegal and you're not ashamed of or right. you're not that, yeah. that that's the thing if uh, i think if 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 someone said I, I like to masturbate in front of consensual adult partners
0: no problem so, but so let, but let's, so, so, let's so keep a pristine version of this case, whatever the, well, whatever the facts are. We, we, we don't know. We don't know. The facts. We don't know. But let's talk. Let's let's imagine we know in the sense that this was not not coerced. It is as described. This is not coerced. He did. He he's got this creepy thing that he likes to do, and he put people in awkward situations and, yeah. and did it, and he suffered fairly massive consequences and now has edged back into doing stand up so he 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 published an immediate mea culpa apology that seemed rather complete you know it's been a long time since i've read it but it's just you know he just he he was not he was not somebody who was stonewalling in the aftermath of this but well, then, but then Well watched-
1: th- again i think a fair criticism of of louis was that I think he had denied
0: it for a long time, which made right. the people so this, look like liars or this whatever. Was no, so, this was known in comedy circles. This is, so this, he had a bit of a Lance Armstrong Well, I don't know, or, because I, I, I
1: didn't... I think the first time I heard about it was it was, it was already happening. Again, I live in England, so I yeah. wouldn't have been of those comedy circles. But apparently, apparently it, it, there was a rumor, but...
0: Right. Yeah. Right. There, there's a bit of a Lance Armstrong, Armstrong dynamic in that if you've denied it and you're essentially calling people liars yeah, then, that's unethical you know i mean lance yeah. was worse because lance actually tried to he started suing people who were telling these scurrilous stories about him and, and well i don't uh, know yeah. that he ever denied it i just don't think he admitted it
1: okay. i don't know i don't All know right. if he uh i don't think he rang up the new york times and said this right. is libelous He's, i just think he ignored it
0: and so there was a frustration there that if it if they were but, but let's start the clock running where this has come out He's apologized. He goes into hiding, and now he's trying to come back. Yeah, and there are people who seem to think he should never work again, right? Like that's like this. And, yeah. and, and I'm wondering what have you did? You hear the stand up he did that the, the audio yeah. that got leaked, right? Yeah, I mean, so one I thought it was extremely funny. It was. Uh, it was very good. Uh, but that's not the point. No, but that's but, not the point. But he could have. I guess the, the fault the there problem. is he didn't address the issue at no, all. But we're,
1: we're, it, it, we're not, again, I, th- I don't think we're talking about the law. We're talking about... No, these are have, moral uh, norms, yeah. Yeah, the moral, and, and you know what? You're allowed to hate someone for any, for, you know, you're allowed to, to boycott someone. Uh, uh, you're allowed to say he's a creep. You're allowed to say duh, duh, he's not funny. You're allowed to say he's a fan. You're allowed all those things. You're allowed not to go to his gigs. You're allowed to stand outside his
0: gig with a placard. Right. You're
1: allowed to do all those things. I, I don't...
0: Uh, the, well, what the, about the people in the club who were ambushed by his presence, right? They didn't know that Louis C.K. was coming on stage. I, right? I
1: think they're allowed to walk out and get their money back. I, I, you know, I think they are. And then and then it's the promoters, uh, God, is this worth it? And they're allowed to be hated. And then they've got to say, oh God, Allah. you know, I get it. I get, I get the... This is freedom as well. You know, as I say, the freedom to say what you want, it doesn't come with uh, the freedom to never be criticized or hated. I get that. What's not allowed to happen is he's not allowed to be put in prison for things he says. That's all I can really say.
0: What I'm imagining is there's some appropriate apology that should reboot the whole system.
1: Well, I think that he has got... I don't think his rights... I don't think his rights have been taken away unless he's libeled or slandered and which right. he has the right to what's happening is the best stand-up in the world did something creepy in his private life, and now people that never liked him
0: are loving it and right. want him to be destroyed and punished. Well there's there's also this other awkward aspect to it, which is the content of much of his comedy was reminiscent of the thing the creepy thing he did in his private life so on some level, he, yeah he's been telling us all yeah. along what again he's doing, yeah. again that
1: should be irrelevant to what what did he do did no. he it, 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 i i think you know you you got to act within the law so he either broke the law or he didn't uh, he either acted like a creeper he didn't and if if, if if let's assume he didn't break the law and he's not right. going to prison and he's and he's you know I mean, um, I'm
0: not thinking about law at all for this case. I'm no, thinking about just. Like, I think what, we what don't. We, we have to. Issues. I think to, yeah. for
1: this argument to go, we have to think that he's he he hasn't broken any law of the land. So promoters are allowed to put him on, and they're allowed not to put him on. People are allowed to go to his shows, and they're allowed not to go to his shows. Right? This is the right. problem, right? Um, but what what I saw come out is that people rewriting history. So, as I say, what it was the. I'd say the best stand-up in the world might still be, just not at work at the moment, you know. And I heard that thing that was leaked, which, again, was leaked. It wasn't ready. That this is, this is people Someone with f- a cell phone. reading someone's diary and not liking what they heard. Right. Right. It's, it's, it's so, but, yeah, it was good. I thought it was good. Uh, it was good, well on the way to be as, you know, as good as anything else. But people rewrite history. They go, oh, he's right-wing now. No, no, he's making the same jokes he did when you liked him before you knew about his private life. He's making the same jokes. They say, he's making fun of kids who were shot. No, 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 he's not making fun of the kids who were shot, is he? Look at the words. He's making fun of the kids that weren't shot, saying that they're going around milking it. A, sh- a shitty thing to say, but nothing he, didn't, he wouldn't have said three years ago when you liked him. This is the point. It's not, it's not did he break the law? Is he saying shitty things? Do you want to listen to those shitty things? That's it. If he hasn't broken the law, it's up to you whether you listen to it or not. But I don't think... I think that's a conspiracy theory that he's gone over to the right. Yeah,
0: actually I hadn't even heard that. Oh yeah. They say he's right-wing now. They say he's He's, well, uh, but well, the truth is, there there are many of us who are perceived as you know. I'm often accused of being right wing. So am I, just because i Well I'm, no, no. I, actually, I'm not often. It's what it's only when I talk about
1: freedom of speech. Usually, in doing yeah, comedy, exactly. Yeah, I, it, I tweeted. I tweeted recently. I'm your typical lefty liberal champagne socialist. I believe in equality, the national health service. Da, 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 yeah. But when I talk about freedom of speech, I'm suddenly an alt right Nazi. You're a Nazi, yeah. Why yeah. is that? Well, it's a very interesting point. This is very, very interesting, right? So first of all, people who say that are trying to discredit you. They don't like you. They don't like what you're saying. They don't like you. They think it's an excuse to be on the other side. I've heard people say, if you want freedom of speech, it's because you want to go around saying the N-word. Well, no, there are other other things (laughs) in freedom of speech than the right. few things higher on my list. Exactly. I've heard freedom of speech saying, what, so you just let the Nazis invade? No, again, not what they said, what they did, right? There is there's, there's a there is a point where freedom of speech oversteps the bounds of freedom of speech. Sta- freedom of speech doesn't include the right to stab someone in the yeah. face. I yeah. well, think they, they, they keep moving, they keep trying to change it because they don't like what you're saying, right? The other thing is that's happened is that on the other side, the right are doing some of those things. So... The right pretend to suddenly care. Like on the International Women's Day, you see the right tweeting, Why aren't you standing up for women being beaten in Iraq? Right? Like they cared, sure. you know, yesterday about this. They're trying to own liberal feminists who are being hypocrites, you know. I've, uh, uh, what's the other one they do? Oh, yeah. The right are now. So they suddenly care about um, animal cruelty. They really hate halal, right? So they've, they, they didn't care yes. yesterday. So there, there is a, a tit for tat here. Right. Um, uh, that's the police. So we must have, yeah, we must have talked about freedom of yeah. speech. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it is, there's people everywhere making it worse for themselves, trying to own the other side. And this is the big thing, right? So I was shocked after Brexit. Right. I thought it'd be a no-brainer, right? Oh, I get it, right, yeah, okay. And after Brexit, it was a bit of an inoculation because the, you know, the American elections were like six months away. And I started thinking, oh, I wonder if this, this is interesting. And um, I saw a change as well after Brexit. There were suddenly people out being proud of being racist. They thought they'd won. They were out with placards saying, go home. They thought, oh, no, we're in the majority now. Right? And then just before the vote with Trump, I thought, this? Is of course it's not going to be Trump. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? There's no way. I was talking to people. Go, they were going, there's no way, there's no way, there's no way. And just before, I thought, you know what? There is a way. And uh, people have different conspiracy theories like, you know, they say it was Brexit, that everyone who voted was a racist. That's clearly not true. You know, there's probably a percentage of people that voted that, that thought, you know, and the right that wanted it did hang it on immigration and fear and all those things that they usually do. Your country's being taken yeah. away from you. You have no rights. So, you know, soon you'll you have to pray five times a day. You know, all these fear that, that they do, they did do that as well. But you can't say that everyone who voted for Brexit was a racist. Right.
0: But, but additionally, you can't say that everyone who's concerned about managing immigration and and the assimilation of of people coming from the Middle East are racist, right? Like they're they're legitimate concerns about successful assimilation, right? Of course, everyone. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think everyone gets that.
1: But some people hide behind those things, right? People learn a new term, and they hide behind it. And that, that does happen. And everyone gets lumped in with those. So for example, if I tweet something about freedom of speech, if that's retweeted, by a well-known right by, winger, by Goebbels. Yeah, but yeah people yeah. go, "I oh, see." I go, "No, I didn't see. I didn't see. I didn't. I didn't know they retweeted it. It doesn't." And they might agree with me on this thing. There's a million things we agree and disagree on, and this is one they've picked on. Right? It, it's crazy, and they, they're trying to discredit. They're trying. To, uh, you know, are you okay with this right winger retweeting your thing about anti-fur campaign? Yeah, I am actually it's yeah, fine
0: yeah spread it's it fine far and wide, yeah. I'm,
1: I'm, I'm glad i'm glad this right winger doesn't torture animals yeah. <laughs> i don't agree with the other shit he says i don't agree with the other right wing shit he says but we, that's nice that we see eye to eye on don't torture animals you know right. so then when trump came in i think it's not gonna happen then i started thinking oh it might and then you then you have the conspiracy theorist stars like his whole you know his his whole basis. Base is racist which clearly can't be true some people voted cuz they always were republicans and then you look back and uh, and you and, and i think i think oh actually george bush wasn't so bad you know oh, yeah, you've yeah. got all those I things it's and they amazing just, how
0: that has reframed i know having, yeah. i know of course it's all relative it's all relative and, and mitt uh, romney i remember going after mitt romney when he was running as a you know i, I focused on his his religious dogmatism, and so you know, so I, I you know hit him hard from the atheist side. But now Mitt Romney just seems like a, a statesman of to course. beat all statesmen compared yeah. to Trump.
1: and 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 now in retrospect, I sort of you know this. How did we put? How did we put this baby? This crazy narcissistic baby. This overprivileged, dog whistling moron in the White House. Right? How do it happen? Right? Well, so some of his base are racist. There's bound to be. There's bound to be, right? I don't know what percentage. Well, yeah. We don't know. Well, I don't, people don't usually fill out those forms no. in polls. No. Are, you, are no. you a racist? Yes. But certainly, some people just voted Republican. Some people hated Hillary. Some people go hey, liberal. And, and that's, that's, the, that's the thing that really swelled the liberal owning because, they, you know, it was like liberal tears and all this. And I'm getting frustrated here. I'm, at the beginning, I'm going, oh, my God, what are we doing, and now I look back and go, ah, okay, this was the floating vote. This was the, the swing vote. The swing vote was a certain percentage of people who've been tired for the last 10 years of being told what they can
0: say and do and what we're, th- yeah. that, that really is. The political correctness was a, the fact that he was a wrecking ball that would not observe any of those niceties and just yeah. kind of swing through the system. Most of, yeah. the, most
1: of the people who vote for him and work for him know he's a moron, but they don't care
0: because th- it's like they're winning. That's what they think, right. you know? was, was Bre- I'm sure you're much more in touch with American politics than I am with I, UK I'm politics. i not at all. No?
1: Don't, I, I've been fascinated with this like it was a game show, right. you know? And, but, then, and obviously, I care about the, the terrible real effects that happen, which I probably can't, I shouldn't, and I, I don't joke about, because even I, some things are like, I'm still a person, I still have, you know, worries about things, and I, I, I can't really find, the funny, in children in cages, and yeah. and white supremacy, I can't, I can't quite, you know, I don't want to play, the ambiguity there, because, it isn't funny, This, right. is the, this, this is the terrible thing, as I say, so, I definitely consider myself left-wing, liberal, anti-racist, homophobic. Yeah, pro-gay marriage. pro-gay marriage. all the boxes. It's every single box, right? But then the, those people on my side, I would go, oh, don't say things like that. You're making us look like fucking idiots. You know, it's crazy what being frustrated and losing makes you do. But it's not the solution. You shouldn't lie because they're lying. You should right. tell the truth more.
0: Well, yeah, ironically, so this is a, a true case of asymmetric warfare. So, so Trump can say literally anything and pay no penalty. Much of right-wing media can say more or less anything and pay, pay no penalty for, for having a non-fact-based discussion about anything, whether yeah. it's climate change or, or, yeah. or recent history or whatever, You know the you know, Russia Russian hacking. And yet on the left, we keep score and, and need to keep score in yeah. a very different way. If the New York Times gets it wrong, yeah. it really matters. Yeah,
1: because we, so, we police ourselves as well. Yeah, but, because, but,
0: but what's creeping, the, 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 this political hysteria and moral panic and wokeness is creeping into the organs of, of here legitimate media. But, yeah. yeah, I yeah. mean, everyone, everyone now,
1: now it's, it's an easy life because I've seen it in, um, in TV and broadcasters, right? broadcasters the BBC, they're scared of saying something that offends anyone. So they don't defend it. They just go, don't do that. I can, I can expl- I talk them well, down, yeah. I go, why this is okay. And they go, yeah, but we'll have to write letters and people will think we're bad. And it's, so it's not what's right and wrong anymore. It's what, well, I don't want to write it's any letters. Of,
0: it's too much of a hassle. Yeah, yeah. it's admin
1: yeah. and perception. They're winning. The people who have bullied people saying you can't say that, they're sort of winning. Because a lot of people go, oh, I'm not going to say it anymore. It's, it's uh, Yeah, my wife's scared to go out. And, uh, and that's, that's like terrorism. It's verbal terrorism.
0: Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Uh, and it, it, it takes a lot to go, Do you know what, I'm going to keep saying it because I'm right. Even I have succumbed to this to a certain degree because, I mean, the, the filter I use now more than I did in the past is you, you just sort of have to pick your battles. Right, like knowing knowing what is in the often, if you touch a certain subject, you just have to decide, all right, do I have the bandwidth to deal with this aftermath effectively? And if not, you know, you just, you triage that way and you move on to something else. But the problem
1: is when you sort of stick to your guns and say, well, I'm going to talk about this sensibly and fairly and put it out there. The danger is that you please no one. Right. So the time you say something for one side the other side hates you. They don't forget that. So yeah. when you say something for the other side, you just lose the other side as well. Yeah. Yeah. So people suddenly go, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything then because I can't win. I don't know where it's going to go, but um, it is odd. But it, again, I think it comes down to ignorance and stupidity. I think people, half the population are below average and they found comfort on their side. They don't want to rock the boat. I've seen it. They're, people want a hug. So they,
0: they sort of, they quite like the echo chamber because it's safe. Except, and this, this comes back to the psychology of it, it is disproportionately the highly intelligent, overeducated left that is enforcing these new norms of, of woke. Isn't it weird? Yeah, I mean, the Isn't most woke are the, you know, of g- course. G- give me an Ivy League education and a, an IQ of 125. And white skin, I predict that's the, the most w- woke person in the room, because it's just well, prob- cults. Pro- uh, it's well, a political the, cult that has formed. But it's only on the, one on side
1: of it. It's only one side of leftism and rightism. And, and uh, again, it's so, it's meaningless left and right. That's why people have, to get a, to get a handle, they've, they've had to put far right and far left. I did a tweet recently where I go, you know what? It's the word far that's the problem. <laughs> right? Yeah, this yeah. is the clue. It's like, so... Is this too hot or too cold? Well, they're, they're both bad. When you freeze and when you burn. Right? It's, not that, it's like, so yeah, but traditionally, these censors, these, these Mary Whitehouses of our generation, these people were usually the Christian right. You can't say that it's, a, it's against God or it's against society or it's against drugs, hippies, fornication. They're, they're a threat to our, and that's still there. You know, they've just shifted it to mean sort of Hollywood now. Like when Trump first got in, his his two targets were the the free press, enemy of the state, and liberal Hollywood. Now, this is the sort of thing that the Westboro Church used to have on their placards. They're still there. Uh, When when I go to the Emmys or the Golden Globes, there's still a big list, and I'm guilty of half of them. You know, it's like, you know, gay marriage. Fornication, atheism, all these, all these things, yeah. right? And so they're still there, those crazy people. But now it's sort of shifted because the left have assumed that this, this freedom of speech, is a bad thing because someone's feelings might get hurt, and it's very odd. And they know they can't throw the baby out with the bathwater, so they modify it. So they bring in this nebulous term of hate speech, and it's it's just a new way. Of giving ideas human rights. It's yeah. just a new way of a dogma. It's a new way of blasphemy. Because when you look at that, you've got to, all you've got to say with that. Again, political correctness, I'm all for it. I, I don't want to go around saying things based on things that people can't. I don't want to hurt someone. I don't want to oppress someone. All those things, we know that. Right? But when it comes down to who decides what hate speech is, who decides what it is? Because some people think I'm hateful because I'm pro-choice. They think I hate right. fetuses. They hate babies. What about the baby's choice? And Louis CK does a great routine about, the problem is people who say you're murdering babies, they really believe you're murdering babies. So of course they're angry. They yeah. think you're murdering yeah. babies. How, how would you
0: feel if people were of murdering babies?
1: Yeah, yeah. and there's a, there's, a, there's a real subtle point where we go, it's, it is a baby, it's not a baby. We know that sperm isn't a baby. I've wasted loads of that, yeah. right? And so the Christian concept is conception, yeah. right? I do it. I did a joke on humanity. You know, um, the, the, you know, people think that your, you know, your human rights start when you're when you're conceived. They love the fetus. They love these Christian. They love the fetus. They love the fetus until it turns out to be gay. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, but. It's true. They, they, they think that, I don't know where it comes from, they think they think it's it's a gift from God. They think you're murdering one of God's until one of them gets a, a mistress pregnant yeah, and then it's yeah, different, yeah, yeah. you know. So traditionally that was the hypocrisy and now it's all muddled up and now it's all muddled up again, you know. So who's to say what, I, people think they hate me because I'm an atheist because they think I hate, People with religion again, I did a tweet I, I hate people people are saying I hate religion, therefore I hate people with religion It's like saying I hate people with cancer because I hate cancer. I think they're victims too you know right. so we, we can't agree on what being hateful is that's the problem.
0: Yeah it seems to me that the the political punchline is so obvious and should be perfectly clarified I mean you just you just have to Articulate what world you want to live in. I mean, what, ha, ha, like, what what rights do you want people to have? And to be truly liberal, as we are, is to want all of this opportunity and abundance spread around as lavishly as possible. You want people to thrive. You want people to said the rich white man. Yeah, ex- ex- exactly. Right. Oh, you, you get you, that yeah, now yeah, as well. Yeah, okay, we can't say anything then. You You, work, <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah. you, you want. I mean, what, what we're confronted with here is massive inequality in how luck is apportioned in this universe. Some people are, yeah. they have better opportunities, they have better genes, they have, I mean, they're people born without, without anything, any advantage. And we want to, insofar as it's possible, we want to cancel the most egregious disparities in luck. Yeah. We want, and so spread the medical care around, spread the education. Absolutely. Of it. And if that's your, and, and we want skin color and other, these other superficial variables to become so uninteresting that they go without mention yeah. at some point in the future. I mean, well, clearly that's the world we want to get to, you know? It's like- well, of
1: course. And again, it, it, takes, it takes one idiot to give the other side massive ammo, like cultural appropriation. A comedian, a white comedian with dirty or hippie dreadlocks was refused the stage because it was cultural perversion. He had dreadlocks. Right. So when you've got things like that, of course the right jump on that and go, yeah, yeah. Look, and you want to go, well, that's just one example. But, you know, want to go, oh, why did you do that? You're making us look bad. You're making liberals look bad. Yeah, you know, it is a problem. So and it's used as, it's used as ammo. It really is. And I, I don't know what to do because most people don't care about those things. You just said they pretend to care. And, uh, most people are hypocrites you yeah. know and what goes around comes around i I've, I've seen people crazy sort of campaigners on twitter that they look for their thing right. but then they say the wrong word that someone else is yeah, not, and yeah. they get the mob and then they go oh
0: actually maybe i've so that's, pr- I, that's pretty delicious to see someone who is not, is a woke enforcer but yeah. the discovers the enforcer to of the left of them. Well, <laughs> it happens with, with comedy, yeah.
1: like these comedians who go after other comedians yeah. on Twitter. Go, I oh, said the wrong thing, and then they say the wrong thing, and the same people defend them that defended the person they were going against. You know, there are some good, fair people, and they go, "Well, no, remember you didn't." You know, and it, it's it's a nice lesson. It's a nice lesson, but it doesn't change anything. People are going to carry on. It Comes down to narcissism. It comes down to people wanting to be heard and Twitter is a cave wall. When cavemen first blew woad over their hand and said, I was here, Twitter's that for people. Some people don't care what they're heard for or what they're famous for. They want a reaction. They want to know they got into your causal web. You know, that's what a heckler does. He thinks he, he had something to do with your life for a second.
0: And I put it in um Afterlife. When which did which I get... love, by the way. We haven't touched any of that, and I'm now... Uh increasingly mindful of your time but i just want to get it in here that i thought afterlife was was brilliant and it was so it's just so satisfying to see you marry comedy with that that kind of material which is just you know the kind of the existential thread that we all feel well firstly there's
1: a bit in there that i sent you a clip of and i hope you recognized your influence yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the, the, well, yeah, that
0: atheist riff was hilarious. The yeah. Uh, yeah. the
1: ending of film early because yeah, yeah. So fantastic. That's certainly from your. I was gonna say teachings, but that makes yeah. you sound like a guru. <laughs> well,
0: your I, I do have a
1: meditation app, so so <laughs> I've been. Yeah, but it's of, all the things that we're, we're, yeah. that me, you, and thousands of others have talked about yeah. for for forty years. So it's nice that you can set something up and you can explore those those interesting ideas those big ideas against a framework of and you, you give it a reason but i was gonna say enough life there's a line where my character says why would people rather be famous for being shit than not famous at all when did that happen well the answer is it's always been around really it's just that now they're rewarded for it and the last 20 years being infamous is as good as being famous right. and so twitter trolls become journalists and these idiot provocateurs because of clickbait. People, yeah. they, you know, they say horrendous things and uh, their paper gets a lot of hits and they put an advert next to it. That's what, I think some people don't realise what clickbait is. Let me just explain what clickbait is, mm. for, for, just in case, right? This is when a newspaper, could even be a local newspaper, okay? They have a, an opinion piece, right? And if they sort of learnt it by accident, but now they do it, right? Where they have a hated controversial vote who says horrendous things like, I hope the immigrants drown on the way to our country, right? And, they, and people go, fuck, you fucking terrible. Fuck. And would say, no, she's right. And all this stuff. And then they call up a local garage and saying, this article is getting an awful lot of hits online. Do you want to put an advert next to it? And they go, they go how much does it go? Well, it's $1,000. That's what clickbait is. And I don't think some people realise what clickbait is. It's actually clickbait that they make money out of. So they don't care if their journalists are fucking hated or loved. So
0: where's the, 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 the fact that digital media in general is entirely paid for by ads now incentivizes outrage because yes. ad outrage gets the clicks. Yeah. Right. So, and, and so then, I mean, and even then, the, the New York and and Times. And then they're invited on telly yeah. to
1: talk about it. And then they become famous. And then they're poster boys and girls for morons. And it's it's reward for being awful.
0: And, uh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, keep doing your part to correct this, because you're, you're one of the sane voices out there. Well, I've, I've, uh, I've been reading your stuff
1: for ages, so uh, this has honestly been an honor. And uh, I quite like being the idiot
0: in the room now and again. It, it makes me think. So I, just have, I have some bonus questions. It can be rapid fire. Jesus. The, the, I mean, you can speak as long as you want, but there's no burden of length here, so... If you had one piece of advice for a person who wants to succeed in your field, what would it be?
1: Well, I was once asked what's the best bit of advice i've ever been given, and it was um relax no one else knows what they're doing either and I think that's lovely that uh particularly if you're a, a comedian you uh, you have that imposter syndrome and you think oh my god someone's going to I'm not as good as I' try but you can you can level that out, and I think I'd say do some at your you love and you'll probably have more chance of getting good at it right about
0: what you know with comedy it seems to me the imposter syndrome would go away immediately the moment you're actually getting laughs i mean if you're getting laughs you yeah but i I still i but you can survive so i could go out
1: there and make people laugh without my conscience without my level of irony without you know and i'd there's some things I've dropped because I feel guilty about them. They're not, uh, they're not clever enough. That's a knee-jerk reaction. So they you, laugh. You're getting but lazy, but you're t- you're talking to your well, true fans. Yeah, so. and also it's being there. Like I can I can play a place live, and I can they can be crying with laughter, and that might be for a lot of things. I might be talking about the fucking air conditioning being off, uh-huh. or someone who just went to the toilet with a fucking wig on. You know what I mean? And well, then you put it on Netflix. and People watch it and go, "I don't know why this is funny."
0: Yeah, no, there's I, I, already
1: there's already once
0: removed already. So you I've had the same thing with the podcast. I, I was recording live podcasts in front of a live audience and noticed that it's a very different dynamic in front of you're in front of two thousand people. who will, they'll, they'll just find you know a raised eyebrow hilarious happy to be there. Yeah, and it's it's not yeah does not translate into the audience. No, at home. and it's just like
1: where, even when you're filming something, right, an ad lib, I get a big laugh from the crew because they haven't heard it before. They've read the script, then you get in the edit in the cold light of day, the written stuff works better. It just does, because it, it goes with a... You've, you've, you've created a, a world and a screenplay, so you, you shouldn't be swayed by uh, getting laughs. I'd, I'd say the, um, the flip side of that is that I hate it when people say, oh, only we can get a laugh out of swearing. I want to go, go on then. Go on, <laughs> sell out Wembley and just go, fuck, yeah, cunt, shit, bollocks. Yeah. See how far you get. See right. how far you get at playing yeah. See if you can become a global megastar right. by just swearing. <laughs> and you, you think, oh, maybe there's more to this comedy lark <laughs> than I first thought, you know. So my advice would be, I'd say be honest, whatever right. that entails. That doesn't, have to say, that doesn't necessarily mean on stage be the person you are in real life. It's be, be honest about what you're trying to do and whether you mean it or not and is it clear be honest with yourself it means right. that's what it means so write about what you know be honest and there's no rush and the other thing is that people think they never want to fail or they don't they don't want to they don't want one person to dislike them so they make it anodyne and then that's failing for me that's yeah. a second guessing and still getting it wrong or not is that and if you do something uncompromised peculiar to yourself right, you could become a cult everywhere and a cult everywhere is much bigger than being the biggest thing in your country. Right. Because everyone somewhere goes, I haven't seen this before. I like this. That's what I think. There's 7 billion people on the planet. You, you try and sell out to please one country, it won't travel. I've seen it here. There are comedians that sell out stadiums here. Right? I uh, haven't heard of them Yeah, Yeah, you haven't heard of them. Exactly right. So I'd, I'd say do it for yourself. I'd say, do it for yourself, try and please yourself. And um, there's a lovely, there's a lovely, couple of lovely uh, little adages I like. One is, um, a camel is a horse designed by committee. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. I love, I love, I love auteur things. And uh, what's the other one? Um, Oh yeah. To lead the orchestra, you've got to turn your back on the public, Mm -hmm. which is lovely. Yeah. So that would be my advice. All right. I was hardly pithy by yeah, the end. Was I, it? I'm guarding your time, but
0: you're not. <laughs> what, if anything, do you wish you had done differently in your 20s, 30s, or 40s? Oh, loads of things, but they're probably not. I think
1: anything I got the big out? things right. I think I got the big things right. The follow up to that is. Well, maybe I, I, I could. I, I know I could have. Um, I could. I wish I'd have tried harder. I wish I'd have tried harder. I wish you, mean, I'd...
0: you, you, you discovered, had you known. This was possible, you would you have tried harder and probably earlier? failed. I yeah. remember once, um, well, uh, uh, when the office
1: went out and I won the first couple of BAFTAs, I was sitting at home and I said to Jane, and we'd been poor, you know, I'd been poor all my life and got to college and then I'd bummed around and, and then, and, and, uh, after the first couple of BAFTAs for the office, I said to Jane, why didn't I do this before? And she said, because you wouldn't have been any good at it. And I wouldn't have. You have to have a life. You have to have a life to write about it. You have to come to terms with your own inadequacies. You have to get fat. You have to, you know what I mean? You have to get things off your fucking chest. And so I probably wouldn't, I'd, I'd have probably done it all the same again, just by trial and error. But if I could go back, I'd have taken, I'd have gone to the dentist more. I'd have probably worked out more. I'd have probably... I'd say I'd have drunk less, but I'm still drinking now. So that's yeah. bullshit. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. If you had drunk less, you wouldn't be so good at it now. Yeah, because, I wouldn't yeah. be this fat. <laughs> Ten years from now, what do you think you'll regret doing too much of or too little of at this point in your life? I suppose all the same things. Is, is there something that you know is out of balance and you just haven't corrected it now and you will, you'll look back and say, why didn't I fix that thing
1: again i think i'm sort of i think I, i'm doing what i like every day i don't think That's i can great. improve it i don't i mean mm. i don't mean i can't improve me i wish i'd have learned piano when i was 25 and i just thought Oh, it's too late now think how good you'd be i wish i'd have learned languages i think oh, i don't need them everyone speaks english uh, so all those all those little things usually it's like i wish i would have try harder because i was one of those guys that was was sort of born smart and i i um I liked – I almost reveled in not having to work hard to get the – you know, there was, some, right. there, was, there was an odd pride, and I don't agree with that now. Now I love, now I love working hard for something because I, I, I think that I can only call it success because I, I struggled and tried. I couldn't, you can't say winning the lottery is a success. It's lucky, but you can't say I'm a success. So it's all to do with that, I think everything I've done has been slightly existential. And I think it is because I think this life is amazing and so finite and you can't have it again. So all you can do every day is, am I making the most of today? And by making the most of today, I mean, did I laze around thinking of funny things to say, then open a bottle of wine at six o'clock and watch telly with Jane and the cat. Yeah. That's me. That's, I'm like Homer that's, living life to the fullest. That's awesome.
0: <laughs> Yeah. That, is, that is exactly what I hope you're doing. <laughs> yeah. I just tried to cut out the middleman.
1: From the age of 14, 15, I saw people scrabbling around trying to do this to get a step in order to do this, do that. And I just said, I want to be happy every day. I want to laugh and be, do what I want, eat and drink and see everyone I like and just do what I want every day. And if you die, you've, you've filled your whole life. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm what these people that thought, i tell you a story that sums me up. When we were about um, sort of 8, 9, 10 in school, there was a big thing in the early 70s where oil rigs, we got oil, oil off the you know, North Sea and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so labourers on 50 quid a week were suddenly going to these oil rigs and getting 1,000 pounds a day. And it was a big new story. I remember through through and the teacher saying, "Look at this! Like people are going to Ireland, and they're in a thousand pounds a day. Do you know what a thousand pounds is? And we're doing, yeah, a thousand pounds, right?" And they said, well, "What would you do if you earned a thousand pounds a day?" And people were saying, "Oh, I'd, I'd, um, I'd uh, uh, work for, uh, after years and years, I'd buy a house, whatever. And the teacher came to me, I mean, I'm nine, remember? Said, "And uh, Ricky, what would you do if you earned a thousand pounds a day?"
0: And I said, "I'd work one day a week." <laughs> Yeah, give me the, give me the child and I'll give you the man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Somewhat along these lines, what negative experience, one that you would not wish to repeat, has most profoundly changed you for the better?
1: Oh, God. Uh, what negative experience would not You don't mean one that's not my fault, that I couldn't do anything. Like, uh, and the just... first thing I thought was my mum dying of lung cancer. Well, yeah, could but, I, but, could and, I have and, changed so, that? Could yeah. I have? Could I have? Could I have stolen her cigarettes? Could I have? What, no, no, could, no, nothing.
0: Nothing that. No, no, it could be anything, but just it's something that, something awful that has, you've had to go through, which you wouldn't want to go through again, but it actually did profoundly change you for the better. Right, you're a better person for having gone through that awful thing. That's is, is fascinating. It, I can't. Is there anything like that in your life?
1: I'm sure there is, but I can't think of. Uh, what's um? Well, well, well this is this is true being born poor no doubt about it being but my dad was a a laborer who liked to drink my mum was a housewife i grew up being poor and uh it made me it showed me the the value of of everything it showed me the value you you can you can do what you want the national health service saved me free schools saved me books saved me. A sense of humour saved me. All these yeah. things that you that 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 wouldn't really be as profound or matter so much really did. They really mattered. And yeah. I've never forgotten that. I've never got that. And I, I still I still feel it. I still feel sometimes the privilege inciting the inequality and I and uh, I haven't got a thing. And now I haven't got a thing at all. Now I'm top of the tree, a, a white, heterosexual, middle aged man, millionaire. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I've got all I hang on to is atheists, They're the most hated group in America. Yeah, but, but you get no credibility <laughs> for that. Yeah. Yeah. I know. So, yeah, I think, I think being born poor and being poor for still most of my life, I think, has easily had the most profound
0: effect. Yeah. Interesting paradox for those kinds of things, because there are things like that where you feel like the ultimately it was a massive advantage, and yet if you had children, you wouldn't impose arbitrary limitations on them. You wouldn't, you wouldn't emulate poverty I know, in your, it's in hard, your own isn't children, it? right? It's hard. To, to give them character, to give them the, the I know. benefits you just But I, think, that,
1: I think, yeah, you, you, you want to keep them alive. And I think give them a sense of humour. Yeah. I think it's so phenomenal. Obviously, show them compassion and kindness and all those, and all those obvious things that should be a matter of it when you, when you can. But I think a sense of humour a sense of, you know, worth and, and self and confidence makes you bulletproof. Like, for example, there's this new thing of, like, you know, safe spaces where people want to – they want to pave the jungle. Uh, well, I want them to have their own boots. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you can't, you can't go around making sure no one says anything you don't like. What you can do is be immune to it and just and laugh it off. And uh, I think that's so important that you can – it comes down to empathy. It comes down to sort of we're all human, I think. And uh, we're all fuck-ups. We're all stupid. And that's all right. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. We're all going to die. Yeah. I mean, none of it's going to matter. None of it's going to matter. We're not important. We're nothing. We're not as important as bees. If every human was wiped off the face of the earth tomorrow, right, the earth would be a better place. Right? If we lose bees,
0: it's a desert and we're all fucked. We're nothing. <laughs> no, that is amazingly clarifying. When you, If you just walk down the street and if you're in... Any kind of mood where you're feeling judgmental of people, or they're annoying, or I mean, the, the classic case for me is you know road rage, where you're you know in a car and and annoyed by other drivers. If you just remember that everyone's going to die, and everyone, and yeah. and, and living long enough, everyone's going to lose everything they love. Everyone's going to be on the other end of well, that bereavement. It's well, just- going
1: back to what you said, I, my first job in television on the eleven o'clock show, I went along for an audition. And that day I just heard my mum had lung cancer and I was doing these shitty Vox Pops and I said to the guy, the director, the producer, I said, sorry, I can't do this. And my mum's just been... Uh, and he went, it's all right. And he had a pint and we did it a few weeks later. And now when I want to send... I've put this in Afterlife as well. Now when I send my suit back for being cold, I think, I wonder if that weight is just... Heard his mum's got cancer. And it gives, and it, it makes yeah. you check your privilege.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. A few more here. You can be as brief as you want. What most worries you about our collective future? What's the one the thing at the top of your list of concerns? I think of all the things we've talked about, freedom of speech and
1: opportunity and ego and dying, the thing that makes my blood boil more than ever now and i really it really affects me is injustice as i get older i sort of watch all these documentaries on netflix and i just i just want to what was it i want to get the prosecutor put someone away for 25 years and I, there's it's so frustrating and it comes back to all those things we talked about equality and being maligned for something that isn't your fault and being you know but it comes down to injustice and that's why rights are so important and that's why freedom of speech should be fuck me if ever there was a sacred cow yeah it's that one
0: well for me it's i I, I refer to it as the master variable because it 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 is the only mechanism we have to course correct if there's something we can't talk about then there's this whole area of human error where our map doesn't fit the territory exactly. anymore, and we can't figure any of that out because yeah. we can't talk about it. And I this, know. You know That's and exactly this is why right. re- religion has been so unhelpful in yeah. so many ways. I mean, it stopped progress
1: literally and yeah. and spiritually as well in a in a weird way. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 it was based on an untruth or a or a you know a dogma. So that is a problem. And now it's sensible people using it without knowing it, shutting people down because they think they're right. People who want to bring in the law against hate speech, they're good people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They think they're doing the right thing. No doubt. Yeah. They really do. And they're it, and they're, and they're on our side. All those people who want to bring in hate speech are on our side. They really are. They just haven't worked out that there's a slight <laughs> problem yeah. with it. Yeah, That's they, all. They do
0: the consequences. Exactly, of, yeah. Of silencing speech. If you could resurrect just one person from history and put them in our world today, who would it be?
1: First one I thought of was Hitch, obviously.
0: Did you know him? Or no, you... only
1: pen pal like you. Uh-huh.
0: Oh, well, yeah. Well,
1: yeah, I, uh. I'd just, just selfishly, I'd want to know what he'd be saying about the last two years. Yeah, no, it's. it be fucking amazing,
0: wouldn't we, it? we would, we needed him on the team. Ironically, there are many people who think that, he hated the Clinton so much that he would have supported Trump, and there, there's just no way that is true. There's no, like, there's no there are people. I literally hear from those people. Well, of yeah. course they like, do. I, like I've betrayed Hitch. all my criticism of Trump is a betrayal of Hitch. These people. Are, I mean, the, like, Trump is the crystallization of everything Hitch despised. I mean, like he's like, like, the, he, like the least Who's literate, saying that? least. Who's saying no, that? I, they, they're are a Hitch fan. Well, because, because Hitch was had it had such a a. Um, a voluminous brief against the Clintons, both Hillary and Bill, mostly Bill. I mean, he wrote that book uh, about Clinton, but there's just no way.
1: But it's the same as the thing that, uh, like, the the, biggest, I think the worst year ever of um, cancelling Churchill was last year. Uh-huh. On Twitter, right? right and it's people right. saying like, some people say he's a white supremacist and as bad as Hitler. Yeah. Right? yeah. You go well, yeah, but hold on, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> if we had to side with someone again, right? Who would you side with? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's be pragmatic here. You might be right in principle, but let's let's have a look, right? <laughs> if it happened again, who side yeah. did want
0: Right. <laughs> Uh, they yeah. were they were better dressed over there yeah, in exactly. yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> i like i like a leather trench coat <laughs> okay final question this is the jurassic park question if we're ever in a position to recreate the t-rex should we do it how do you feel about again i think t-rex? It's,
1: i think it's selfish but yeah yeah yeah
0: well you're on you're in good Let's company. Have
1: a look. and you shouldn't yeah. you shouldn't you shouldn't really
0: Richard Dawkins is with you. He's he's on the side of resurrecting the T-Rex. So yeah, you're, you're I mean, you, you,
1: I mean, some people want to do it just so people had to up their game a little bit to survive. <laughs> no, do you no, know what no. I mean? no. no, we society, want to, learn to. This society's getting we're getting weak. We need a few yeah. predators. Well, the, that's the thing, isn't it? That we we come from a long line of humans who beat predators long enough to procreate so in a way predators are good for humanity aren't they
0: <laughs> up to a point i'm worried about uh i'm not sure we've we've evolved enough to solve our problems in a a, a truly open-ended way i mean really yeah. the, the idea that, that we're, we're essentially chimps that make small mouth noises that we find but we don't know where you know?
1: the evolution would go see i like to think that we'd come up with a much smarter human being but it might just be people who were just the right height and shape that would kick the T-Rex in the bollocks <laughs> no,
0: no. so we get these we get no. these
1: dumpy people with huge feet no, no. who can kick a T-Rex in the we don't know where evolution would go
0: <laughs> no I, th- I think jurassic park is pretty close to what we would get we would get a, a very large fence that hopefully w- wouldn't uh Oh, I thought you meant reintroduce them. No, no, no. <laughs> just, just have them, have them somewhere uh, to study and experience.
1: Yeah. No, it'd be, of course. Yeah. Why, it's why wouldn't you? It's,
0: it's too fun to not do, I think. Yeah, not in a zoo, though. They need well, a lot of space. Yeah, they need space, yeah. It has to be a safari the, appro- park. The, the appropriate park, yeah. An island. Just yeah, like Jurassic Park. Not, yeah. not Ireland. <laughs> not <and laughs> <Yes>. Ireland. An Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You're, Ricky face uh, unleashes the T-Rex on the Irish. On <laughs> Un- Iceland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, listen, Ricky, it has really been a joy to finally meet you in person. I can't so, wait for yeah. the
1: backlash. I can't wait for <laughs> any one of 10 things to come out. I can't even second guess them. It's usually something you don't, you can't even second guess. But it's all fun, isn't it?
0: No, this I is th- like I think you're it, good.
1: metaphorically, we're we're bringing the T Rex back. We don't know what'll happen, <laughs> right. but we've certainly said something that is unleashing a T Rex. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I think we're good. I Pleasure. Think you're good. Yeah. Amazing. Thank yeah. you very much. Awesome. Cheers.